from. <laughs> Wait. Uh, we're live. Oh shit. Hey guys, <laughs> this is the I'm Not Going to Work podcast. Yeah, you keep leaving the tomorrow out. Oh yeah. Fuck. This is the I'm Not Going to Work Tomorrow, tomorrow. podcast. <laughs> I'm yeah. Wolfman. I'm Eads. What's up? How's what it going? Is, How's it going, Eads, buddy? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm all right. How about? Oh yeah, I just. We're not going to be that podcast that pretends that we weren't sitting in front of each other for like three hours. Yeah, we we just wrapped up a D and D game. Yeah. It was it was interesting. It was. I wouldn't say it was interesting. Yeah. That's one word I would not use to describe this past game. Yeah. <laughs> we I, had I like know, one you, interesting moment. Do Do you want to like talk about it, or we're we just going to leave that one alone for right now? Well, we fucking brought it up. Yeah, we did. All right, so. Well, I mean, I can't talk too much because I'll give shit away. But yeah, okay, okay. So, any DM, right, who has ever prepared a game and then the players did exactly the opposite of what they expected, that was today. But I'm not a newbie DM. I've been doing this about goddamn like half a dozen years, right? Uh Uh-huh. And I had these motherfuckers eaten out of the palm of my hand. They went wherever I told them. They just went everywhere. <laughs> like, I would give them, like, three options. Anyway, if any of those three options would be great, they take one. I'm already mentally prepared for that direction so I can feed them. So it's still, it's not an illusion of choice. It's an actual choice. So this session, well, leading up to this session for, like, two Real life months worth of sessions. We have been making our way to the fucking capital so that we could talk to somebody specifically about doing something. As soon as we talk to that person and discover the next step, we have two options. We can talk to the leadership in town or we can, you know, go do more main story plot stuff. And yeah. after careful excruciating consideration we decide to do nothing we just run off in a random direction yeah we really kind of did what the fuck is wrong with you (laughs) i don't know you know what i kind of take it a little bit on myself because i went and talked to the main guy you know the um the cloak guy the the one that was supposed to guide the rest of the way yeah and i came back to the party i told them about it and then we did fuck all with it. Yep. You didn't push. You didn't push. Yeah, you know, that's that's on me. You know, that's my fault. I don't care what we do. What do you think we should do? I don't care what we do either. What do you think we should do? Well, I don't care what we do. I kind of care. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened at this table for about three hours. Look, I... I I pushed my idea as best I could, okay? You know, I'm trying not to be the one that tells everybody what to do, but half the time I have to tell everybody what to do. Well, it, it's just a part of the Yeah. I'm but, learning um, that. I, so, I have to say, I am enjoying this game. Yeah. I don't want it to seem like everything's all... No, this session was rough. Yeah, but, you know... It it's had some build up that we're kind of coming off of, yeah. You know, and we just can't get to the next thing. And we get right next to the level up, we just wander off. Yeah, how far off are we? Well, actually, I I know the answer to that. Except you're exactly for this. six days off. 
<laughs> no, I, okay. You want to get closer to the main plot and the level? Turn around. It's that simple. I know. <laughs> but, okay, so I'll, I'll tell you this. I did a little... I don't know if this counts as metagaming, but I looked up the the chart for how much XP goes for each level, you know? Yeah. And last time you and I talked about it, we were at 9,000. I don't know what this section gets us to, but the next level is at, I think it's 14,500. Mm-hmm. So whatever that does for us. I, th- I think he's calculating what, what comes next. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> dude, at this point, calculating what comes next is utterly impossible. Yeah. And there was a, okay. So for this game that was supposed to happen a little bit. What do you mean? Like, like the, the splintering off of, yeah. Cause the game, we got like three big bosses and their gears are constantly turning no matter where you are. Yeah. That's the thing that I think is cool about D and D because things are actually time sensitive. You know, if you've ever played like Skyrim or fallout or any of those other RPG type games, yep. you know, things just kind of happen when you show up, there's no timetable to anything. So you could literally spend a hundred days in game doing whatever you want to doing fuck all. Yeah. Doing fuck all doing side quests going hunting down that one particular thing that you saw on Reddit that you really want in the game. But in D&D, it doesn't work that way. You know, you 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 keep a time schedule, and th- certain things happen at certain times, and if you're not there, well, that's your fault. Yep. So that's one thing that I think is interesting, kind of keeps me coming back, because I, I don't want to miss anything, you know, in the game. But that's why this session was hard. Yeah, because they're just, yeah, we missed some stuff. We yeah, we did. We absolutely missed out on several things. This is not at all how I expected it to go. We just dump what we were doing and go do some random thing that we haven't gotten a carrot for in ages. Yeah. But uh, you told me that's kind of... That that's like the main theme of this campaign is just random. It's all random. Nothing really makes sense. It just kind of keeps going and trudging along well, there. Some stuff makes sense. I mean, some stuff does. Yeah. What, but... What's random besides the encounters? And those are just there well, to piss you off about walking places. Well, There's no fast travel. To yeah, that's one thing too. But to to quote you, actually, you haven't been able to really prepare for any of these games like with making maps or anything like that it's just all you get here and then we just start and we kind of leave off where we left or start off where we left last time and then wherever the wind blows us is just you come up with the shit off the top of your head yeah basically yeah that kind of ruined some of the magic for you didn't it not necessarily it learned just how much was off the dome I think it it makes it more interesting for me because, like, but now I gotta, you can manipulate me emotionally to get what you want out of a scene. Not necessarily. You could. I mean, I could, but I'm not smart enough to do that. Let's see here. Have you ever needed something? Have you ever needed to present an idea to someone, but you needed it to be their idea? Inception. 
Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever incepted somebody? I believe that's the whole point of that movie. Um, not that I can recall. I'm not a very good emotional manipulator, I'll be honest with you. I can't recall. Well, there's that one time I told you about. Yeah, you told us last time. I'm not going to tell that one. That's a sad story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I, I thought you were talking about the girl with the stinky pussy. But no, I know the, what no, you're the talking other girl. about. Yeah, I, I remember what you talked about. That, that's something that happened off of this uh, off of the stream. Yeah. Well, anyway, people don't know anything about this D and D game we're talking about. So. <laughs> now, okay, so a little bit of backstory on the game, I guess. Yeah, oh, introducing them to your character. So my character. Wait, 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 wait. We're in a tavern. All right. There's creaky floors. The smell of booze is in the air. You can hear the the good times of all the patrons. The bartender standing behind the bar with a mug in his hand, just cleaning it with a rag like all bartenders do all day long. <laughs> mm. Okay. Uh, let the me, doorway let me is darkened. Let me sit up here. What do they say, Wolfman? Enters a six foot seven. Uh, fuck. I fucked it up already. <laughs> In, uh, <laughs> enters a six foot three. Green-skinned half-orc. His name is Brubash. Brubash. He wears fur pelts. Oh, shit, I clipped. Uh, he wears fur pelts. Back up a little bit. Carries a very large axe and has a helm with a red handprint on it. Pretty cute. Yes. He is a barbarian. He's uh, He likes to hit stuff a lot. Brubash... The wild magic barbarian. Indeed. It, it, the wild magic thing is kind of an interesting one. It, it piqued my interest when we started uh, planning this out and making characters and stuff. There's part of me that kind of regrets it, but then at the same time, it's like, it's kind of interesting. Keeps you on your toes. Yeah. So I, I kind I, of... So... You don't have a lot of... you. you uh, I wanted to ask you what's your least favorite class to play, but you only have the experience with barbarians. Okay, so this is where I think I might be a little different mm -hmm. because I've made so many characters. So many characters. I like, Making it is fun, but yeah. is playing it fun? I don't know. I, li I like barbarians <laughs> so far, you know, being honest, because like, it, it, I think it's cool. You hit stuff real good. Yeah, you hit stuff good. Um, I can tell you what I think my other favorites would be. All right, let's go. Uh, hold on, I'm pulling up my character list here. So, so yeah, I've introduced you to the Brew Bash. Then uh, next down on the list is Thurder Grundlethunk. Thurder Grundlethunk. Thurder Grundlethunk. He is a uh, bugbear, which is like this large hairy kind of sasquatchy type character Dude, we have moved deep into nerd territory oh yeah <laughs> we like, just came right out the gate hey you know shit happens like that yeah but anyway thurder he is a fighter which is a, a class so he he also hits stuff real good so clearly fighter is going to be fun for you a barbarian I, I have a lot of uh melee but I also have a lot of, you know, magic-y type users. So just just hold on. Um, 
His his thing is reach. So, so the question was, what is your least favorite? I didn't like the wizard. Yeah, <laughs> it's just too much. <laughs> yeah, it, it's too much shit to keep track of. It it you gotta you got a spell list that's like twenty things long. Each thing does this one particular thing, and you got to use it in the right particular scenario for it to actually be relevant. It is really the the D and D class with the most homework that has nothing to do with the game. Yeah. So well, one one of our one shots, I played a character called Hooter Shooter, who was an owlkin uh, wizard. Hooter Shooter. Hooter Shooter. Yeah, it was just some dumbass name I came up with on the spot. Hooter Shooter. Yeah, you know how an owl. His name's Hooter. So. Um, yeah. I did she not. Had a girlfriend. She had some good hooter cooter. Maybe. Yeah, it was probably mediocre. You're a nerd. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised he had a girlfriend at all. Yeah, that's not canon. Yeah, no. It, well, I mean, it was just a one shot. So, um, I I did not like that. Now, I did make a sorcerer that I thought would be really cool to play. She was uh, it's that that orc. Sorcerer I told you about. Her name's Absidy, spelled A B C D E. Oh yeah, that sounds really fun, actually. Yeah, you know oh, where I got that name from? Where? Um, shit. What was his name? You told me this. Yeah, I, I did. I had a whole backstory for this chick. So, she's a sorcerer, and orcs are notoriously kind of dumb. Yeah. So, I made it where. She was the only orc that learned how to read. She found like a kid's book somewhere. Like they got it in a in a raid or something like that. And she she taught herself and so she saw the alphabet and the first thing she saw was A B C D E. Absidy. Anyway, she kind of leaves the the horde and meets this wizardy type fella in the woods and he kind of teaches her how to control her powers and she becomes super badass. Yeah, I mean, like you do. Yeah. Absidy is one of the most original characters I've ever heard of. Yeah. It was, uh, I, you know where I got that name from? It was George Carlin. He's a comedian. He did the seven little words you're not allowed to say on TV and radio. Yeah, he was uh, Rufus from Bill and Ted. Yeah. 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 Um, so there's one. I also had another one. Where did he go? Hang oh, yeah. On. I got to move this. We should probably mute the mics when we move the arm. Yeah, that, that's what I did when I sat up. Um, but my other, the other character that I think is one of my favorites is Burgle Windblower. Burgle Windblower. Yeah, take a guess as to what he is and what class he is. We've already done this. He's a halfling bard. No. He's a, he's a halfling. No. Burgle went. Oh, he's a gnome. Nope. What the fuck? We we have already did this, didn't we? Or was it somebody else? It was a someone else. Yeah. Yeah. The, you're thinking windblower. of windblower. You're thinking of Tandy McLandry, who Andy was a McLandry. halfling bard that played the banjo. Gotcha. Yeah, he was a um, bard of Ele- the College of Eloquence. Okay, so this name, Burgle Windblower. Yep. It's a fart joke, by the way. Is it right off the dome? Did you look at any lore to inspire the name? Nope, straight out of my dome cap. Okay, so I have 
this could be this could be a fucking like dark elf no it when it, when i tell you what he is you're going to be like oh yeah that makes a lot of sense dwarf nope uh. that was brought up well too bad you weren't <laughs> <laughs> i like that okay uh hang on one second burgle windblower he's a farter he likes to fart like most mammals um uh let's see here he is um fucking balls what's really funny is i've done this very character with you before and you you just don't even you got it the first time last time I've already said halfling and gnome, and you said no both of those. Yep. Ergo Windblower. You give up? No. He's not a bard. Nope. Druid. He is a druid. Okay. Half elf? Nope. Urgle is such a fucking halfling name. <laughs> oh, he's a kobold. Nope. Fuck! <laughs> Goblin. Nope. It's some little dorky thing. Maybe. Fuck. I I give up. What's the race? He's a furbolg. Oh, that does make sense. Yep, he's a furbolg druid. He uh set out on his own one day from his little tribe trying to find just to see what the world was like. And he's his favorite thing is to cast a uh, gust of wind as a, you know, like the cantrip. Mm -hmm. And he just makes it seems like people fart all the time. Well, isn't gust of wind the one that requires uh, a bean as a material component? I believe it does. Yeah, it's a fart joke. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's, we see you, wizards. We see you. Yeah. Even though you're kind of a dick sometimes. Yeah, always <laughs> writing shit and always having writing stuff. Shit. Fucking trying to take money. Who wants to read? Nobody wants to read. Uh-oh. Now you cut out for a second. That's the first time this ever happened to my mic. I don't like that. Oh, no. Oh, no. But yeah, I, li I like Burgle. He's a hermit, too. Burgle, the hermit windblower. Yep. Wow. Yeah. He's pretty neat. He was one of the first characters I actually made. I had a, an idea for a druid that I wanted to play at some point. He's a... Fuck, I don't remember his name. But he's an insect. Like, a bugmancer, if you will. Yeah. He just lives for bugs. He only turns into bugs. And he... Does a lot of conjuration where he summons insects. Well, that Ooh. seems kind of neat. Yeah, he's kind of cute. I like him. Yeah. It just seems I like the idea of a druid that is absolutely thematically themed. Like, thematically it, themed. You kind of have to with a druid. Like, you kind of have to with everything in D&D. &D, but a druid can be so many different things, you know. They can be melee kind of they can be magic-y they can be of the woods they could be all kinds of uh, like okay i hate to keep bringing it back to uh critical role but keyleth she took her base story from avatar the last airbender huh yeah you never noticed that 
No. Yeah, because it she she came from the Arashari. Oh. Then she had to go to the Earthshari. Then she Gosh. had to go to the fire ones, and then she had to go to the to the water ones. That that make a lot of sense. Yeah, it do don't it? Yeah, it do. Okay, well you got me with that one. <laughs> okay, okay. So the class that I have enjoyed the least, rogue. Oh yeah. I hated my rogue, like. Why? Like, what, did you just make a stupid character? Or? No, he was bad. At, he was really cool. He was the son of my previous character. His name was Kukri. He looked cool. He had really cool abilities. He fucking had nightmares that came to life and shit because he was, like, part beholder. Oh, well, yeah. he was a whole beholder. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. Yeah, I'll tell the story of Axe and Kukri at some point. But, yeah, playing a rogue just was so boring yeah you know because I, I think i know where you're going with this is it like combat reasons or is it rp reasons well both so the rogue i was playing he was not a thief you know yeah he wasn't like crazy about owning stuff he was actually really super self-conscious because he didn't want to become his super egotistical father I think I'm showing up in your mic. Are you? Hmm. Mm. Yeah, I definitely am. But whatever. It doesn't matter. Oh, well. Um. So, where was I? Oh, yeah, yeah. You're talking about uh the, your rogue that you didn't like. Yeah, he was like, he was just not all that fun to play. Yeah. He, he was a really tortured fella. Like... He didn't, it was hard for him to have, like, really strong interactions. Um, was he just, like, too shot? Like, you didn't have enough charisma to really be able to push him in any kind of direction? Or what was it? I, maybe that was an issue? I'm not sure. If that was the issue, it's one that I'm blind to, and probably everybody else could see perfectly. Yeah. But, no, like, I pushed him forward, but... The shit that he did didn't really have enough oomph behind it. Like, his entire build was based around, like, scoring critical hits. Oh, you were crit fishing. I was a crit fisherman. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So he sort of... He just sort of fell flat as far as the fun was concerned. He had a lot of cool character moments. And there was more for him in store if we had if we had continued, but he was actually the last character that I played with my original group before I moved here. Yeah, he was. Who's this? Yeah, let me ask you this real quick. So, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. Where did it go? I just <laughs> had a question in my head and it's just completely gone. Was I'm it sorry. About D &D? Yes, it was D and D. Um. Damn it. I'm going to take these headphones off. Yeah, I'm going to take It's distracting too. me. I can hear myself going, um, uh. It, it does get kind of weird. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so. Fuck. Okay, I guess never mind. It'll, I'm like a lazy <laughs> Susan. It'll come back around eventually. That's fair. Um. 
Go go ahead with whatever you were about to say. No, just I'm, I'm gonna hate on rogues a little longer. Okay. But like, they're just. So my favorite class was the sorcerer, and I was able to. I had so much versatility. I always had something to say. Fucking, and this actually is the father of the rogue. And like, and most classes that I've played, there was always something to do. Like the barbarian, I just made Grok basically. It was just a tabaxi, a big old cat man. It was stupid, and yeah, it was pretty fun. You know, I think that's kind of like part of the fun of playing a barbarian. You're stupid. Kind of. Like, yeah. I didn't build Brubash to be stupid. He He's kind of... It comes in he, handy he's, when it comes in handy. He's too worldly to yeah. to not be kind of smart. Like, he's not the smartest person in the he's group, wise. definitely. Yeah, he's seen some shit, you know? Yeah. But... I don't know. You know, one thing I see a problem with, like, rogues is, you know, that whole thing with um, advantage and crit, um, what is it called? Sneak attack. Sneak attack, yeah. Ro- rogues get crits so easy. Eventually, it would just kind of get boring to just constantly hit things. Yeah, it's all about getting the critical hit, and then when you don't get the critical hit, it's the end of the fucking world. Oh my god, I'm fucking useless. You don't really get to do it. Like, I multiclassed just so I'd have something to do. Yeah. Oh, shit, that reminded... Okay, I, my question came back. Lazy Susan, people. Um. So, okay, what... Because usually rogues are super edgelords because they're, like, all dark and mysterious and shit. I was that guy. Yeah. So, do you... Which do you like more and which do you dislike more? With... Okay, if you have, like, an edgelord or, like, somebody with, like, kind of a happy background, like somebody that had both their parents, they didn't die some kind of tragic way. They just was like, I'm going to leave home and find my fortune or whatever the fuck you want it to be. Which one would you rather do? Which one would I rather play? Yeah. Well, it depends on the DM. Who's DMing? Uh, I don't know. Whoever you want it to be. Chris Perkins. Okay, sure. Knock Chris Perkins out. is DMing. I want a tragic-ass backstory for Chris Perkins because he is like a tragic, edgy, horror-filled backstory because Chris Perkins will give me nightmares. All right, I want the full experience. I want the whole thing. Okay, say you're going with Matt Mercer then. I'm going with Matt Mercer. I want. I want to pack as much fun as possible in here. I like maybe a curse that he can play with and have fun and just define all by himself. Okay. Fucking. I'm a rogue. Does it matter what subclass? No, not really. I mean, it could be any class, really, if you wanted it to be. I'm just choosing between whimsical and edgy. Yeah. I mean, I guess with a rogue, you kind of almost have to go edgelord. A little bit, because you're good at stabbing people in the back. Yeah, you know, you don't really come from a happy childhood and stab people in the back like that. Yeah. So this is a completely side point. Uh, so you know how, like, when I introduced you to D&D, uh-huh. and we were going through the races, I was like, don't pick Aarakocra. They're broken. I fucking hate Aarakocra. Yeah, I remember that. Aarakocra? I think Aarakocra sounds better. Whatever, bro. I just ever, I've, I've only ever read it. I never actually heard it said. Aarakocra. The bird people. If that's what you say. Yeah, they start with a 50-foot fly speed. Yeah, that is kind of broken early game. It is, but 
Here's an idea. Hear me out. Uh huh. All right. A flight-based game where players are limited to races that have access to flight. Sustained flight. So that would be Eric Okra, Owlin, um, Feral Tieflings. Yeah, because they have wings. And I think I would allow, because there's winged kobolds in the monster manual, Yeah, I think I'd give you flight in, in exchange for something. What about a half dragon? Because half dragons have wings. Yeah, I'd give a half dragon with the dragonborn instead, you know? Yeah. Just use a dragonborn, you have wings. Yeah. So you would just reskin the dragonborn instead of using the actual half dragon stat block and stuff? Well, yeah. Okay. It's got to be balanced. It's got to be a playable race. Yeah. Oh, know? yeah, because I guess... And the dragonborn's right there. They're they're not a playable race, are they? The half dragons. Nope. Oh, okay. I didn't know so that. So length. Okay, so there was another... It seems like there was another race I'm missing. That could fly. Uh, can't can't Asimir fly like a certain sub race? For like six seconds a day. Oh, that doesn't really count in this setting. No. It's going to be sustained. But to your point, all you're really doing is you're, you're basically just doing the opposite of what you said in the beginning where you're like, no, no Aarakocra because yeah. they fly. And now, but now you're, it, all right, we're going to have a fly game, but it's only flying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's basically the biggest game of the ground is lava. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, like, you know, fucking the town is like a floating city or something. Yeah. You know? It, you know what? There's a video game like this. It was um, Bioshock Infinite. Did you ever play that? No, I did not. Yeah, so it's did, – did you ever play any of the Bioshocks? Uh, very little. But you know the premise Bioshock of it. Is, this one with Big Daddy. Yeah, little yeah. little sister and Big Daddy and stuff. You know, that's a fucking, that's a that's like a gross thing now. Yeah, you know, you're right. Yeah. Bigs and littles. Yeah. Did they, they start that from Bioshock? Did they start know. a cultural sexual movement? I don't know. Isn't that gross? That is a question to ask, though. Because... Like, what's the deal with the influx of all the, what's like, the stepbrother, well, stepbrother, stepsister, stepmom, stepdad, pornos and stuff these I heard, days? I heard even Joe Rogan acknowledge that shit. Yeah, it's kind of weird, don't you think? He said there was, like, a fucking explosion of it during the pandemic. But I think it was there way before. Like It I, was, but it wasn't, like, so far in the forefront. As soon as you open fucking Pornhub, like, there's seven, like incest videos immediately yeah it's kind of disturbing i don't like it they're pushing it <laughs> yeah it's like what is going on it's it's a little weird population control that's not really population control they're you're telling people to do weird shit they're putting weird shit in their heads and the fucking those lines are not going to survive <laughs> you know what i mean i mean yeah they're going to have issues they're going to have bodily issues they're going to have organ failure they're not going to last long if they do yeah but now with a step sibling no but how many people have step siblings? Well, considering all marriages or like fifty percent of marriages end in divorce these days, I guess it's not that unheard of. I guess it's just still a really gross concept. I mean, you have a stepsister. Yeah, and it would be really gross for anything weird to happen. I mean, I agree, but like, of I guess the... if you were a teenager and then acquired a stepsister, so like uh, all all of a sudden, she's been my stepsister since I was like five. 
I mean, yeah, they, we're getting into semantics a little bit here, though. But of the two people sitting at this table, 50% of them have a stepsister. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> you and your logic. I'm just saying, man. You you kind of opened the door. I just stepped through it. I'm All I was saying is a gross thing. It is. It's very gross. I don't like it. Yeah. Porn's getting weird these days. Super weird. It fucking... We were talking about it earlier. The girls are doing the fucking like eye cross with the tongue hanging out like oh, a dog yeah, thing. Oh yeah, the the cow, cowie or something other like that. Yeah, what is that? I don't know, man. I do not know. I think we're alienating it, a large portion of our audience. Possibly. I mean, you know, I, I'm I think a, we did that when we talked about D and D for an hour. Has it already been an hour? Jesus. <laughs> no, it's been half an hour. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, I'm of the mind to let your freak flag fly as long as it's within the legal limits. Right. But you know. Not my cup of tea. No. You know what else is pretty cringe to me? What's that? The fucking butt plug tail thing. I kind of dig it. It's like, it's pleasing to watch it sway, but just for like, like, uh, what do they call that guy that holds the watch? A hypnotist? Yeah, just purely for hypnotism reasons. The fucking swaying tail is appealing to me just because you know it's something moving it's literally hypnotized holy shit i never thought about that yeah (laughs) (laughs) fucking all those tiktoks of that tail just moving between the legs yeah you're getting very sleepy you're getting very horny (laughs) fucking well it works (laughs) just because i know it's in a butthole (laughs) it bothers me fucking i mean you know it's it's like the forbidden forest. You just kind of want to go there. Okay, so I have an argument for this. Okay. Fucking at least half of the girls I've ever bedded, right? Uh-huh. I've I got to put it in their butt. It's pretty nice. But the appeal is not the actual butt stuff. No, it's the getting it there. It's talking your way into the butt. Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, if you think about it, you know, the vagina was kind of purposely made for that. And the pussy's way better. It, feel, it yeah. feels better. It's a, it's a more gratifying experience. Yeah, it's more like sticking your dick in a bear claw instead of, a, you know, a regular Krispy Kreme donut. Yeah, exactly. So, like, somebody else was saying, like, like the only point in the butthole <laughs> that puts any pressure... Is it, the sphincter. Is the sphink. The spank. Yeah. Did, so, you, did you ever watch Letterkenny by chance? A little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the argument was. They have this very same argument. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Fucking Letterkenny. I love that show. It's a great show. Yeah. I didn't care for Shorzy as much, though. It kind of got... It lost my interest. I don't even know. I didn't watch enough. I need to go back to Letterkenny. It's pretty good. Uh, I thought it was better. Give your balls a tug, you tit fucker. <laughs> That, that When you burped at the beginning, that's where I got the whole, that was brought up well, too bad you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> well. You can learn some good chirping on that show. Yeah. Pretty good chirping. Yeah. I, you know, I thought Later Kenny was better than, than uh, Trailer Park Boys there. I said it. I said it. I said I it what I mean. I agree with you. And I mean what I said. 100% agree with you. Trailer Park Boys is, it's like, I mean, it's fine. I, I like it. I don't hate it. I watched the whole two seasons of it. I just, I, I, I didn't latch on. Yeah. I, I mean, I watched it for a good while. I probably got through like five or six seasons of it. And eventually it just kind of, I just trailed off. I, but I watched every single episode of Letter Kenny. Like Canadian Redneck The Office. 
Little trailer park boys. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Letterkenny is an actual production. It's not yeah. like a, a pseudo reality. Yeah. A mock it's not a mockumentary. Yeah, I don't I didn't care for the mockumentary style. I liked it in the office. It was great. Yeah, but the office had a much better production quality. But you know, Trailer Park Boys started out unintentionally shitty, and then they just continued to make it shitty because that's what they were known for. It was unintentionally shitty. Yeah, I mean, you know, they started doing it with a fucking Sony camcorder. They should have kept doing it with a Sony camcorder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, like because they started making that show in like 2006 or something like that, and so. You know, eventually televisions and cameras get better. So they had to do something, I guess. So yeah. now it's just, it's the same style, but with a better quality picture. And so you just see how fucked up looking they look. <laughs> it's not a terrible show. No, it's not terrible. <laughs> I mean, I, like I said, I've watched it. I just like Later Kenny more. Yeah, me too. Okay. So we've crossed that threshold. Yeah. And we've established that. But stuff is only fun because it's hard to get there. Uh. <laughs> what else is there? We've solved all the fucking world's problems. I don't know. Oh, so I heard like a, a soft pitch um, tinfoil hat theory today. Okay, let's go. Okay, so uh, there there's been talk of like low T. You know what I mean? Like low testosterone and stuff. Low T. Why yeah. do you say it like that? That's just because that's the way it was told to me. Um, but A woman uh, told you this story, didn't she? Yes, actually. Yeah, see, I can tell because she said low T. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I, I was told this, this theory today. It basically goes, apparently there is a bit of a shortage with the testosterone shot. You know, the one you stick in your ass. Like your, like your, your ass cheek. Wonder how come? Well, she actually kind of solved this a little bit for me. You know how everybody's transitioning, like doing the transsexual thing? No, I've heard nothing of it. Well, I, I saw this coming in my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, for one, fuck you. <laughs> but yeah, the, her theory was that the reason there's a shortage is because there's so many people transitioning, so there's now less... There's less testosterone to go around. Yeah. And that's... It's basic supply and demand. So the people who need it now can't have it because the people whose feelings are hurt want it. Basically. That was her theory anyway. When I got to be honest with you. When she started telling me this, I was like, God, there's going to be something stupid coming out of your mouth. And then she said that. I was like, wow, you know, that actually makes a lot of sense. It really does. It, there, Yeah, it makes supply and demand, I guess. Fucking yeah. tell your fucking balls to get to work. Yeah. Where do they get the testosterone they're putting in people? I don't know. I kind of thought that it, they were like making it, you know, like uh, synthesizing it, but they had to get the basic layout of the genome or whatever the fuck it is from somewhere. So in my head, it made sense that they got it from a bull. Let me. I don't know if that's true or not. That I have no scientific background at all. I'm going to Google this. Okay. So. By the way, I don't. I'm not apologizing for how I said what I said about how she said it because I said that very same thing to her face. I was like, you know what? This sounds like at the beginning, I thought you were going to say something stupid, mm -hmm. but then you came up with this and that actually makes a lot of sense. I said that <laughs> those very words to her face. So I don't feel bad about this at all. That's fair. So you're not behind the back. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're not supposed to be the butt of the joke. Sorry. He just made you the butt. <laughs> <laughs> 
And no, it was not my wife, if you were wondering. Oh, well. Yeah, it was a girl at work. Okay. Because I actually had to go to work today. I did too. Where does the testosterone... <laughs> I, I wrote... Where's the testosterone come from? And it's it just showed me a picture of a dick and some balls. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's not untrue. Where does testosterone come from in... For te- just put, uh, where does testosterone come from, from for TRT? Testosterone replacement therapy. When bioidentical testosterone is synthesized in a medical laboratory, it is often derived from plant sources such as yams or soy. Wow. It is engineered to match the exact, the same exact chemical structure that is already being produced naturally by your body. So it comes from plants. I would have never guessed that. Bullshit. Bull balls. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, I don't know. That seems... You get testosterone out of plants? I mean, plants make all kinds of chemicals. Then why the shortage? I don't know. We got soy fields out the fucking ass. We got so many soy fields, it's killing shit. Yeah. Like. You know how bad monoculture is for, for the environment? Bad. Very bad. You're supposed to have variety in your landscapes. But there's so many people in the world that they can't really do. Nope. This 5,000 miles, Kevin. This is corn. <laughs> yep. And then that other 5,000 miles over there, that's soybeans. Yep. It's kind of messed up, huh? Real messed up. Well, yeah. you want to hear something messed up involving fields and shit? Sure. Okay, this is a dark story. Okay. So, my, um, my mother's maiden name is Crow, right? My mo- on my mother's side, the family name is Crow. My uncle, he's a, he's a, he's an odd duck. <laughs> An odd duck, you say? Yeah, he's uh, interesting. So, Uncle Charles. I can say his first name because his last name isn't Crow. Uncle Charlie. Uncle Charles. Ain't no Charlie. Charles. Oh, he's one of those, huh? Yep, Charles. That's it. Alrighty then. That was his given name at birth, Charles. I mean, yeah, that's how most of them are, but most Charleses go as Charlie at least at some point in their life. That's fair. I think maybe one of his wives called him Charlie. Whatever. One of his wives, was he a polygamist? No, he had a wife, and then they divorced and got another wife, and she died. Ah. But anyway, Uncle Charles, (laughs) fucking, we had had watermelons in his field one year. Uh Uh-huh. And there were crows, you know. Fucking up the watermelons. Yeah. And we had a big, huge, we had a huge problem with crows. We b- used to build scarecrows all the time just to keep them out, and they were fucking terrible. Yeah, crows will fuck up your crops. Charles caught one in a live trap. Oh, yeah? Yep. He took that crow. It was crying. He plucked it alive. Hey. Yep. And then he put it in a cage and put it in the middle of the field. So that it would cry. And the rest of the crows could hear it. Wow. There hasn't been a crow at that field since that happened. 
Uh, you know, crows have like the best memory of any generational animal. memory. They know not to go near that field. Something yeah. dark happened there. To this day, crows don't show up on crow farms. Wow, that that's fucked up, man. It's pretty fucked up. That He's is... a fucking movie monster to these crows. Yeah, isn't it crazy? <laughs> That is absolutely nuts. Like, I'll tell you one more story about Charles. <laughs> j- just so you know, that's like some Jeffrey Dahmer shit right there. We're not done, Kevin. Oh, boy. <laughs> they fucking... Oh, boy, folks. Charles raises rabbits. Oh, God, I Charles know where this is going. loves rabbits. Like, are we talking like Lenny and Mice of Men rabbits or... Fat rabbits. Oh. Big fat rabbits. Okay. Yeah. He raises them up. He's got a whole, like... 12 by 30 section of his barn, specifically just for rabbits. That's a lot of rabbits. Oh, yeah. He's got a row on each wall and a row down the middle. Uh-huh. And then a row in the back. So you can kind of just do a horseshoe all the way around him. Yeah. And he keeps these rabbits in little rabbit pens and goes out and feeds them. And he'll take them out and pet them. He ra- you know, he puts the <laughs> he puts the does and the bucks together so they can get more of them. Yeah. <laughs> Got to keep the line populated. That's a funny story. <laughs> Is this where you learned about the birds and the bees by chance? No. <laughs> recently, recently he put a. Uh, he talks with a little bit of a, <laughs> with a little bit of a speech impediment. Uh huh. I had me new, had me new dough, put in there with a buck. Wait, try to get her free. She not breed. She not breed. She not breed. I take her out finally after two weeks. It will book. <laughs> <laughs> it will book. <laughs> it will book. I can't remember where it was, but I heard a very similar story to this about pandas. I think it was. It was either pa- some kind of rare animal in the wild and they were trying to give them to mate in this zoo and then like two months later they finally figured out oh they're both dudes yeah they then they're not fucking fanny bandits yeah (laughs) (laughs) but anyway charles and these rabbits (laughs) so he raises these 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 rabbits up from babies Uh you know gives them milk and food and make sure they're happy and you know, if one of them gets out, they won't go back in the cage, but they'll stay right there. They'll stay right around the barn, you know? Yeah. Um, well, that's all they know. Oh, I know. That's where they live. That's yeah. it. And then one day, when he's hungry, Charles yeah. will just walk into that barn, reach into a fat rabbit's pen, grab it by the ears, take it outside, lay it on the tailgate of his truck, and just hit it in the head with a hammer. Yep. And commence skinning it out. Yep. <laughs> this is a, this is your rabbit, Charles. <laughs> you named this thing. Yeah. That's fucking sprinkles, Charles. <laughs> no, that's food. <laughs> it's a, that's oh. that's what we call dinner in the South. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm from the South. I live here. Well, yeah. And that was not, fucking barbaric. It's like eating your dog. Well, not necessarily. I mean, it's a rabbit. Right. But that dude, rabbits have personality. I guess I haven't really been around rabbits very often, but I I have when you to. You walk through that fucking rabbit horseshoe <laughs> enough times, yeah. They're they're a lot closer to the animals that we consider pets than we think. All animals are kind of. 
Well, I bet you never under, really really realize this, but cows are basically giant dogs. Yeah, they're so happy. All we time. we had cows. Well, my my papa had cows when I was growing up, and you'd go out there, they'd be running around just like your dog would, playing with each other and stuff. You ate a fucking hamburger for dinner tonight. You're right, and I'm not saying that it's wrong to eat rabbits. Just the way he ate his rabbit was a little disturbing, I would say. I I don't really see a big issue with it, because I'll be honest with you, I want some rabbits for that very same reason. All right, Kevin. All right, Kevin. Say you're hungry and you want a burger. Uh Uh-huh. Right? You know, in the yard is a cow that you raised from a calf. I'm talking about you hand-fed it. Uh You raised it. It knows you well. It knows your name. You know its name. Like, fucking, it comes when you call it. It's excited when it sees you. Fucking, but you really want a hamburger, Kevin. (laughs) Okay, I don't know if this says more about me or you, but I have had this happen. My my papa had this one particular cow. He had her the longest. She was an old heifer, and her name was Big Mama. Mm -hmm. The big old cow. Biggest cow I had ever seen. And you'd go up to the fence, and she'd... You know, you'd call her over there. She'd come to you, lick your hand and all that stuff. You'd give her a sugar cube. And then when she got towards the end of her life, you know what happened to her? She became burgers. She became steaks and burgers and roasts well, you know, and all kinds of, of life, many. That's different. You know, she's going to die. But, I mean, we did the same thing with the other ones, too. He would, he would load them all up into a cattle trailer. I just don't know. We'd take them down to market. He'd sell, you know. If he had 100 of them, he'd sell 99 of them. One of them would be back at the house. He'd call the butcher up. He'd come out there with a 22, shoot it in the head, you know, put it put it down very quickly. I would say a humanely. with a 22? Uh-huh. You put it right there in the middle of their forehead and pull the trigger. 22? Yep. Oh. I think it was a 22 Magnum. I don't know. When this happened, I was like 10. I didn't really know guns like that. It just seems like. But it was, you know, a 22 caliber rifle. Put it to the to, to its temple, shot the thing, and then he proceeded to butcher it up, and we had steaks for dinner that night. It's crazy, just like something smaller than a fucking sweet pea, mm-hmm. and just end that giant animal's life. Well, to be fair, the <laughs> thing's brain is only about as big as a dip can. That's fair. Okay, so like, I I get what you're saying. It's not as barbaric as it seems but it like there's just something in in modern day society it is it seems very barbaric but when you really think about we need the protein and stuff yeah if you think about human history okay we have always had to kill to eat in some form or fashion you know with the native americans they were hunting deer and elk and bear and all kinds of stuff is making friends with it first yeah and then you being able to go through with it yeah well you have to compartmentalize but i, I mean when I, you I, I don't think if i made friends with an animal that i could then like, it, it unless is unless it died naturally now i say all these things and but i still like okay i think the reason i have this attitude towards it is because I, I like to hunt i've hunted since i was little you know and it it's never easy taking a life you know even if it is a deer or a rabbit or a cow It'd be super you know, easy if, you know, it was a stranger. <laughs> not necessarily. You know, it... Okay, uh, I'll give you this example. So, when I was... 
12 maybe i want to say mm-hmm. um at my parents house i had a i had this bb gun little break action you you break the barrel over you put a, a pellet in there you close it back up and you you know it was bb gun chip pellet gun whatever right and i usually i just shot targets but this particular day i was just kind of sitting in the backyard and i shot a dove and some people might be thinking oh my god he shot a dove it's the sign of peace they're delicious it, dove season's a thing yes it is it's the most hunt it's the most killed game animal in north america i don't really have a lot of remorse for birds <laughs> well but i'm getting to the point of the story here so you know i did that i had gone dove hunting before with my dad and my brother and my cousins you know we we, we had i've been hunting before i've seen things get killed but that was like the first thing I had actually killed, you know, because it was, you know, it was personal. I felt bad about it. I still hate the bastard, though. Yeah. I think you always feel bad about that first. Thing. Yeah. Like, I think, how old were you when you did that? Probably about 12, give or take a year or two. By the time I was 12, I had beaten a possum to death with a shovel. That is so much worse. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about... Holy shit. Short part down. You know what? I'm starting to learn a lot of things about you on this podcast, Eats. I, I grew up in Pine, Tucky, Wolfman. And my upbringing was a little tough. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Well, there wasn't... Like, the possum had to die, okay? It was attacking chickens and yeah. Charles's fucking rabbits. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that is the kind of thing when you live out in the country. Things start eating your food. Yeah, we, yeah. Had, to, we had to kill the possum. Yeah. He was going to keep coming back. He was going to keep getting into the fucking rabbit pen and the chicken pen and all that shit. And we caught him in a live trap. And uh, for some reason, the gun wasn't anywhere nearby. And I had a shovel, and I was like, fuck, I'll just deal with it. So I ain't got to drive up the road. Yeah. And I opened the cage, and he fucking shot out, and I was like, oh, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> and I wounded him so he couldn't go anywhere, and I just had to beat him to death with the shovel. My buddy Brad Bell was there watching, and I'm talking about blood was splattering. It was just like the movies. Wow. Like, you know, after every lick, just more and more blood splatters? That's yeah. How it, how, that's that, how it works. That's a real thing. Yeah. You know, there's a whole, like, science and criminology and stuff on blood splatter. Yeah. It was it was it was awful. And when I got done, Brad was like, "Dude, that was fucked up." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, Brad. Thank you, Captain. Pointing yes, out the fucking was. obvious a and lot. Meanwhile, I'm exhausted from just fucking removing this thing's brain from its skull. Yeah. In tiny little pieces. Wow. <laughs> that that is pretty fucking gruesome. Not gonna lie. It was rough. But I didn't I didn't really feel bad for it. Like, oh, I felt bad while I was doing it because I knew it wasn't dead yet. Yeah. Just like, fucking, you got to die faster, man. Yeah. Fucking, <laughs> I hit it so hard. But I saw it as an enemy, you know? Yeah, well, I, it, it was. It was kind of eating your livelihood, to, yeah. so to speak. Like, I think that may have been the point in my childhood where I realized, okay, I'm a human child. This is a full-grown adult possum. And I am greater than it. <laughs> yeah. We are absolutely on the top of the food chain. In certain situations, we are. Yeah. You, you ever think about, like, 
if if human beings were to be reinserted back into the food chain though yeah like take for example there's a place called Kodiak Island in in Alaska grows the biggest brown bear in the world these are huge bears they're like 1500 pounds upwards of 12 feet tall when they stand on their back legs giant monsters like literally when you read old fairy tales and stuff and they talk about a monster in the woods that is literally what the fuck they're talking about these things will rip you from tit to taint with a swipe of their paw if you had to deal with that on your morning commute (laughs) okay we wouldn't be talking so much shit so i thought this question (laughs) is probably going to be absolutely ridiculous but when i was back when i was in good shape is when i came up with the question Uh this is an old one i just never got to ask anybody because i quit hanging out with people like around the time. Yeah. I had a lot of time to myself is why I thought about this. Well, now is the perfect time to ask the question. Right. Okay. So now you're going to look at me like I'm stupid because the answer is obvious. Right? Okay. <laughs> is, is this the conundrum of how do you outrun a bear? No, 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 no. Okay. All right. So first of all, tell me what is your normal load for the day? What, what, is, what is your cargo load? What's in your pockets? Uh, my phone, my wallet, um, I have a uh, stamp for work, mm-hmm. usually some kind of pocket knife. Like I have a little, um, you know, case knives. Mm-hmm. I have a little bitty one that's probably like two and a half, three inches, right? you know, in total length. Um, yeah, that's, that's some change. Usually. You wear a belt? Yes. Okay. I wear pants usually. If I'm going to work, um, I have on steel toe boots and t-shirt of some kind okay that guy uh-huh pants t-shirt still toe boots belt case knife random assortments you fall in a tiger enclosure i'm fucked no wait wait, wait. it's a single tiger okay right you're at the peak of your health uh-huh okay here's a, you're in as good a shape as you've ever been okay right tiger starts slowly walking towards you now i don't I'm not asking if you could kill the tiger. I'm asking if you could thwart the tiger. So uh, when you say thwart, do you mean like get away? Survive the encounter. I'm going to have to know about the enclosure. It's too big for you to see exactly how far it goes. Uh, you know, it's high enough that a tiger can't jump and get out. Tiger can jump pretty high. But the tiger has been in here. And the only thing that happened, it, the tiger didn't escape. You intruded. No, that looked like that's what I'm saying. I fell into it. The tiger cannot jump out, which means my ass cannot jump out. You ain't jumping nowhere. Yeah. And you white. <laughs> this is very true. I have like a six-inch vertical leap. <laughs> um. I I don't know. I barely get off the ground anymore. After I got done shitting my pants, no, I'm probably dying. Okay. Honestly, so, like, because I don't carry a gun or anything like that, so I can't shoot it. My thoughts was, I, I, I thought about this when I was, like, 23, 24. Uh-huh. Big of health. Super fast. Super, super strong. And I was like, well, if it's me and a tiger, and the biggest death machine on the planet. Um, Arguably so, yes. Yeah. Like, it's bigger than any other cat. They're different. Like, I didn't... So my plan was to fucking 
first take my belt off and have a, like a leather belt whip in my left hand and you know and you pull out your pocket knife you got a claw you got a claw and a tail that's what you got those are your weapons that that's not a whole lot it's not a whole lot but you're way smarter than that tiger that's, yeah you're, you're but gonna have you're, to use tactics you you are basically how do i put this you're staring down an A-10 Warthog. You know what an A-10 Warthog is? Uh, is that like a tank? No, it's an airplane. Oh. Um, it's, it's, it's arguably one of the most badass air-to-surface attack planes in the fucking world. And you're These little... things are so fucking strong that there's a university, I think it was in Miami or something like that, they bought one demilitarized, like without the big-ass gun on it, so they could fly it into hurricanes. Jesus. Yeah, and you're staring down the Animal Kingdom version of that. And you're in like a fucking B450 Mustang. <laughs> yeah, a B52. B50, or, is or that no. a B52? B52 is the bomber. Uh, P50, B- P51 Mustang. P51 Mustang. Yeah, that's the, that's the OG fighter airplane. Those things are pretty cool. I only know anything about that whatsoever because I played fucking Civ 6. If you play as Teddy Roosevelt, you get the, the P51. Yeah. See, I'm a giant airplane nerd. So. If you if you make it to like this the level of civilization where you have access to planes first uh-huh. and you've got Mustangs, you you won the game. Yeah, well they were they were the superior fighting aircraft and during World War II. Like the Japanese Zero and the I can't remember what the Germans had, but they the P fifty one was lighter, it was faster, it had better guns. It was just all around more gooder. More gooder. Yep. Uh, the Japanese, the only reason they had air superiority during like uh, Pearl Harbor mm-hmm. is because they literally just surprised everybody. They didn't know they were coming. Surprise, we hack you. And then they suicide bombed themselves. They would literally just drive, their, they would fly their plane. They would release uh, their torpedoes and stuff, and then they would just go crash the plane into whatever ship was closest. Yeah, there's a serious level of surprise involved with that. You are not expecting a guy to yeah. kill himself. No, no. That that was a completely unheard of tactic in, at that time, modern warfare. But effective. Very effective. It basically took out the entire Western fleet. Yep. But we had enough to come back and kick their asses. Tiger. Tiger, yeah. Back on, <laughs> back on topic. Fucking, so like, you're fighting a tiger, you got a belt and a fucking pocket knife. That's all you got. Yep. As you. Fucking, what are you even going to do? I mean, okay. Because this is all technically in hindsight, because we're sitting here, you know, Monday morning armchair coaching this. Right. In theory, you could potentially crack your belt like a whip possibly scare the thing off just make a bunch of noise that's exactly that would be my first guess is like you know do the thing where you fold it in two and pop it real hard yeah it's a leather belt it's gonna fucking make a noise because this is okay this is what they tell you to do like if a bear attacks you out in the woods and yeah. you're say you get in between uh, uh a sow which is a female bear and her cubs yeah you're basically just supposed to make as much noise as you fucking can 
make yourself as big as you can and try and be intimidating until she fucking charges your ass and then you need to hold your ground or crawl up into a ball and protect your vitals. Dude, if a giant bear charged my ass, I'm not sure if I can hold my ground. <laughs> I don't think I can even hold my bowels. For the love of God, just don't run. Yeah. Because that 1,500-pound brown bear can run at like 30 miles an hour. So I guess... You're not outrunning it. So just you stand your ground, and if it comes in, you just fight the good fight and die. Basically. Yeah. So um, I know you're not really into the outdoorsy stuff. Well, but, I mean, what, what do you mean? Well, I mean, like like watching like hunting shows or anything like that. No. Okay. So if I could recommend any, because most of them are kind of shitty. It's just all like bloodlust is the only way I can really describe it. Like a lot of the ones from the 90s that your dad had on VHS, you know. They were all just like 30-second clips of a dude sitting in a tree stand, and then a giant buck walks out, and he shoots it, and that's the whole thing. Hmm. But uh, the one that really resonated with me and kind of kept me coming back was a show called Meat Eater. I actually watched that with fucking... Steven Ranella. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Micah. Micah showed me Meat Eater. Micah showed it to you? Yeah. Okay. That is a great show. Um... But they actually get charged by a grizzly bear at one point in time. It was um, Stephen Ranella and a guy named uh, Cal, Ryan Callahan. There it was. And they're hunting moose up in either Canada or Alaska. I can't remember which one. And this bear charges them, like full-fledged charges them. And both of them pop off a couple shots going, hey, bear, hey, bear, you know, trying to just let them know that they're there. And the thing bluff charges them, which means it kind of comes in and like maybe 10 feet before it's about to completely pulverize them. It just turns around. This is the craziest thing. And I like I'm sitting there watching this thing on the seat of my pants, knowing full and well they filmed this like nine years ago. And are still very much alive. So you know they live. I know they live, but I'm still just like, oh my god, they're gonna get eaten. Did you see that fucking that uh, the Grizzly Man? Yes, I did. Oh my, that is the best comedy I've ever watched. Wait, no, no, I no, it, it's not an it's not a comedy, but I look at it as one. Oh yeah, the, the, so he's the crazy guy that went out there to be with the bear. Uh huh. And then he at the end of it, he got eaten. Yeah. I like to think that at some point in time, his dad told him that he wasn't ever gonna amount to shit. And then as he's being digested by that bear, he's going, look at me now, daddy. Tomorrow, I will be a steaming pile of bear shit. I think the what was the most fucked up part is, you know, his equipment was rolling. He's got audio. There's audio recording of him yeah. being devoured by a bear. Yeah, so uh, Warner Herzog, who was the guy that actually put the documentary together. He, he sat his wife down, didn't he? Uh, yeah, no, like the guy's girlfriend. And let her listen to it. Like, the one that didn't get eaten as well. He, Yeah, he let her listen to it, and they're like, you can't use this. This is too gruesome. Yeah, they're like, I think we should destroy it. Yeah, and so there's a, con- a semi-conspiracy theory say- stating that it's still out there somewhere. I doubt it. But I kind of think they probably got rid of it. Yeah, it looked pretty well controlled. Yeah, I mean, th- think about Warner Herzog. He's a very pro- prodigious... You know, documentarian and a filmmaker and stuff. He's not just going to leave something like that laying around, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he made any copies. 
No, I imagine not. I think he specifically said he didn't make any copies. Yeah. Just to make it hang heavier in that scene. Yeah. I mean, and really and truly, like, I don't blame him. I think it's probably it's for monstrous. the best that yeah. he got rid of it. Because, like, that's kind of fucked up. As funny as it is that, like, he did all this and still got fucking eaten by the bears that he thought loved him. I think it might have been useful to not, perhaps scientifically a little bit. Not really. Like, it's the guy's getting eaten. There's not much scientific. He's not sitting there screaming out like, his third bicuspid has pierced my arteries. Right. But, like, you know, that, that's fair. I guess it would just be, like, it's, fucking it's tearing. It's, you know, unintellig- unintelligible screams. Yeah, and you can't see, so you don't know what he did. Yeah. So there's not really a lot of inspiration there. It's just a horror show. Yeah, it's you're right. Yeah, right. Kind of gruesome. Yeah. You wanna you wanna go to break? Yeah, we can go for a break real quick. Okay. We'll be right back. Right back. Okay. Welcome back. So, uh, during the break, while Wolfman was taking a Wolfman piss, indeed, I thought about something. What'd you so think I was about? Looking, we're using um. OBS to record this. I was wondering how difficult it would be to just go ahead and put our fucking opening theme into this and then us just talk over it as it's fading out instead of doing it in post. Okay. But it reminded me of... So you, you watch your mom's house. Yeah. Have you ever watched the the videos? Uh, Every now and then. You ever watch just from the very start of the podcast? Yeah. It's just... Some of the most crazy off-the-wall shit you can find on the internet? Yeah. But the first minute and a half, maybe two minutes of the podcast is Tom Segura and what's her name? Christy uh, P? Cr- Christina Pajitsky. Yeah, Christina Pajitsky. Chrissy P. And whoever their guest is, and they just have to sit there and awkwardly listen to their two-fucking-minute intro song. You know what I mean? They for real just sit there and listen to it? They just sit there quietly around the table looking at each other awkwardly while they listen to this fucking song that goes on way too long. It's the same beat over and over. It's clips from the show. It's super cringy. That is kind of cringy. And Segura is just like, he's just like this, just smiling and nodding. That's such a dad thing to do. Like make somebody wait through whatever you got going on to get to the, get to the show basically. Yeah. And like it immediately made me want to look at my phone, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like (laughs) they're just having to look at each other. Like phones are out of the way. They're doing a podcast. Yeah. So like the guest is just like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I, yeah. (laughs) Fucking Joe Rogan. Theo Vaughn, they looked, they looked awkward as fuck. Yeah. Just like, right. Dude, so I was listening to one of Theo's, Theo Vaughn's podcast today, mm-hmm. and he had this girl on, and now I can't remember her name. Um, she's a country singer. She's the one that blew up on TikTok because of her voluptuous curves, I'll say. Because of her tits? No, but it's because of her ass. Oh. A country singer with an ass? A bodacious, bodacious badonkadonk. I yeah okay. This I mean I can't say anything. I would I would fucking I would marry Carrie Underwood's like 
left pinky toe. Gary Underwood doesn't really do anything for me. It's her voice, man. She's got a pretty good voice. Her voice is so hot. I, There's this backup singer for, um, oh, God damn it. Who's that country dude who went a little rock and roll? Josephus? Uh, no. He's really, really mainstream. He had released an album in like 2013 called That's Rock and Roll or That's Damn Rock and Roll. I have no idea. Fuck. Go ahead. Continue your story. I'm going to find it. He's got a backup singer, and she's fuck. Her voice is sexy as fuck. Yeah, I mean that was basically it. They were just talking. She she was a pretty interesting guest to have on. Uh, but my God, that badonka donk. Eric Church. Eric Church. He uh he sings a song. Like I'm not very big into country, but this song came out at kind of a pivotal point in my lifetime. And uh, I think it's called Springsteen. And it's basically telling a story about this dude who had, he, he had a girlfriend and stuff and they were going real heavy and then they broke off. And every time he hears this particular song from Bruce Springsteen, he thinks about her and he thinks about his old Jeep Springsteen. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, something about July, Saturday nights. And that it takes me back to a time in my life where that was basically me, you know. And that that is one thing I kind of like about some country music. Like, I, I don't like a lot of the stuff they play on the radio because it's so... It's so corporate, corporatized, you know? Yeah, it's just but basically... But every, every wow. now and then you find something that kind of resonates with you, you know? There's some really nostalgic 90s country. Oh, yeah. Like, probably a song that I will always get excited when it comes on. It's a Tim McGraw song. Uh-huh. Something like that. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. brown brown it was Labor Day week, and I was 17. Something, something had it. Bought a Coke and a gasoline. gasoline. <laughs> yeah. Went down to the county fair. Yeah, I, I used to love that song. Yeah. There was uh, another one by a band called Lone Star. Uh, Mr. Mom. Yeah, it's that only one. Monday, Mr. Mom. Yeah. <laughs> and then anything Alan Jackson ever did, like, reminds me of my childhood. And... Old Red. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's that his name? Is, Blake Blake Shelton. Yeah. Probably one of the best, quote-unquote, modern country songs. Yeah, but even that one came out in, like, what, 96, 97, something like that? Yeah. God, it's so good, though. Yeah. You know, 90s country really had something going for it, man. Yeah, it probably... I think country kind of peaked yep, there. It and did. then Toby Keith happened, and it all... You went, know... Went off the rails. Pre nine eleven, Toby Keith was uh, pretty good. Post nine eleven, Toby Keith though, it got it got so political. I couldn't do it anymore. I think was beer for my horses. That w- okay. I guess that's the one exception because that came out right around the same time. Um, as Red, White, and Blue, I think was the yeah. name of the song came out. It was the one post nine eleven that was super like but bald still, eagles and American flags. Have you ever thought about the lyrics to Beer from a Horses? 
Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, it doesn't wh- make any fucking sense. Whiskey for my men and beer for my horses. And we'll raise up our glasses against evil forces. Well, that doesn't make... I mean, that makes sense, you know. It's like... Well, who are you fighting? Evil forces? Yeah, but what's the rest of the song about? Drinking. We're all going to meet back at the local saloon. Yeah. And have whiskey and beer for our horses. It's a stupid song. <laughs> it is kind of a stupid song, but... In, it's catchy. It's very catchy. But it doesn't mean anything, and that sort of kills country. Yeah. Like, country is supposed to mean, you know, it, it, make you, folks feel how you feel inside. You had a story with it, you know. Yeah. And that's that's kind of my point with, like, today's country. You know, it's all about beer and trucks and partying on Saturday night, you know. Yeah. And I, I like I like some of, like the newer love songs like Chris Stapleton is a fucking God. He's he's a gift. See there, you know, there's always an exception to the rule. And I feel like Chris Stapleton is one like What's that song that he did that is super popular. Um, you should probably leave. That one's really good too, but there's another one. Um, something about wit whiskey, Tennessee whiskey. That's not his song. I thought that was his song. I'm pretty sure he covered. I'm pretty sure that's Chris Stapleton. But it's his version that's all over the fucking radio. Yeah. I mean, most of these country singers nowadays don't actually write their own stuff. Matter of fact, most popular musicians these days don't Tennessee write their own Whiskey stuff. Tennessee Whiskey was first recorded by David Allen Cope for his 1981 album of the same name, Tennessee Whiskey. Yeah. So it was, it's a David Allen Cope song. Yeah, but his is the one that's on the radio right now. And it's the one that's good. Yeah. <laughs> But that's a great song. Yeah. You know, even if it was written by David Allen Coe, I mean, it, it, the way Chris Stapleton, Chris Stapleton kind of makes it his own. You know, I've seen David Allen Coe. I think I remember you telling, that was several years ago. Yeah, at the front porch of the South in Columbus. Yeah. You know, I saw... Um, it was kind of sad. Yeah. Well, I mean, at that point, he was like 97 years old. Yeah, he was like an hour and a half late. Yeah. <laughs> I saw, uh, you ever heard of a band called Jackal? The guy that plays the fucking chainsaw? Yes! I saw them there. Wow. Yeah, it was them and uh, Blackstone Cherry. You remember what? that band? Blackstone Cherry? Yeah. Them Black- a white trash millionaire. Yeah. Wow. No, wait. Fuck. No. Yeah. White trash millionaire. Yeah. If I ain't got money. Trash millionaire. Yeah, it was them. Wow. Yeah. They opened up for Jackal because somehow Jackal is better than them. I don't, like I would argue to the opposite. Yeah, Blackstone of that, Cherry is kinda awesome. Blackstone Cherry is great. Yeah. Like they were they kinda have faded though. Yeah, I mean they had the their first their debut album was really good and then, you know, they kinda fell off. But that that whole like post grunge kind of thing has really fallen off but you know you know what aggravates me what everybody hates on Nickelback but everybody knows Nickelback's songs I don't I never hated on Nickel oh I mean I never did either but everybody else does it's like that and Guy Fieri for some reason we all fucking fucking... listened to Nickelback bro yeah like because they had a song for everyone that was specifically their thing like I could Probably any Nickelback song that you played that was from, we'll say, 2012 and back. The Burn It to the Ground album and before. 
Burn it to the ground and then Dark Horse. Dark Horse had Burn It to the Ground on it. I think Dark Horse was the name of the album. Yeah. And that in it Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dark Horse. So Burn It to the Ground was on Dark Horse. Yes. Okay, we agree. <laughs> yeah. I was saying it weird. But um But I remember you and I went to uh what was it, Barnes and Nobles and bought that album. Wow. Yeah, and it was really good. Yeah, it was. And they had Burn It to the Ground, uh, Animals. Now, Animal was on an earlier album. Was it? It was on the album Animal. Oh. <laughs> Riri moment. <laughs> but yeah, they had a lot of good songs, man. Yeah, and that was a fucking a really original song, Animals. Yeah. <laughs> And so fucking fast-paced, yeah. that is such a hard song to sing. He's a really talented singer. He is. Like, you yeah. have to breathe in exactly the right places, or you can't sing that song. Yeah. you got to know where they are. You have to sing it so many times that you know exactly where to breathe. You know what's kind of funny, too? Like, the bass parts are actually kind of hard. Yeah. That that song Animals too. I learned how to play it, and and it was one of the reasons why I wanted to get a five string because he he usually utilizes the low B string. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Fucking people that hate on Nickelback, they just don't want it. They're either from an era before the new age music, and yeah. they already were putting their nose up at it, like the way that I sort of put my nose up at new rock. Unfortunately, some of it, yeah. Some of it's really good, though. Like, Some of it's really, really good, but a lot of it just seems like it's trying to saturate a market. Yeah. You know what band uh, I think almost could have been us? Who? The Glorious Sons. Yes, I fucking love The Glorious Sons. I do, too. The The singer they have, like, he even kind of looks like you. Yeah? I think oh, yeah. Like, he's like a blonde mean? version of you. Yeah. Like I that. was blonde for a while there. Yeah, you were. Where I had that blonde streak. Yeah. I did the streak thing. Yeah. A lot of people did that. Yeah. I, I didn't think a lot of people Not did that. Not a lot of dudes did that. Aaron Hansen did it. Who the hell is that? Uh, Game Grumps. Who? You know what Game Grumps is? No. It's a great show on YouTube. No. Anyway. They're like my favorite. They're, they're a Let's Play. They're one of the first Let's Plays. Oh, okay. They're hilarious. Yeah. I'm going to make you laugh after this podcast. Okay. I'll turn them on. Yeah. Since we're talking about music, I've been thinking about picking up like a different instrument yeah. here recently. Because um, like, you know, I've played bass for fucking ever. And then I I play guitar shitty. <laughs> no, like, you like good and I play good enough to make people think that I know what I'm doing. That's yeah, that's me. Yeah. Um. But so I was sitting down today and I scrolled across this this video on YouTube. There's this guy, his name is Matt Hicks. And he plays this song on a banjo in a claw hammer style. You know what claw hammer is? Yeah, so you, you basically like make a thumbs up with your hand mm-hmm. and then just kind of stick your fingers out a little bit more. Kind of like that. Gotcha. And so you use your middle, yeah, your middle finger and your index finger, and that's what you strike down on the strings with. And then you use the thumb to hit the the top of the banjo, and do the drone string. 
So like there's Scrug style, and which is the three finger picking, where your your thumb, middle, and index finger are all independent of each other, and then the claw hammer is like what I just described. This guy is playing claw hammer, banjo, and hmm. the song is called um, How River Ballad. The Who River Ballad? How H A W. And it gave me chill bumps. Like, I haven't gotten chill bumps from music in a long time. But this guy, the way he sang it, the way he's playing, it's so melodic. It's just him. And it is, it's just a very full sounding. He's got this really intricate melody on the banjo. It just sounds really cool. And I was like, man, I want to learn how to do that. My buddies from work gave me chill bumps with some of their original songs. Yeah. It kind of it kind of makes you sad. Yeah. It, it, do you ever depress yourself listening to a new artist and just wishing you had kept going? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. The, but the Glorious Sons did that to me, too. Yeah. Because we, we, man, we had some potential. We could have done something. Yeah, but, but I mean, we were stupid teenagers. Yeah. But then I immediately remember where I sort of peaked. Where, yeah. like, I got to a point where I could have definitely gotten somewhere. I was getting invites to play all kind of stuff. You know, I fucking... So I, every year in Selma, uh-huh. at the fair, they do a sing-off. And, yeah, it's the Dallas County sing-off or the Selma County sing-off, whatever. And one of the really popular new country stations out there hosts it. Yeah. Right? And so everybody's kind of expecting country music. So you were playing for a country crowd. Well, that's all I was playing for while I was out there. Cause well, yeah, that's fair. There's not really a lot of rock places. No, there's not a lot of places. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good point. But like, so, yeah, I'm like, I'm in my fucking good shape era. I'm like 160 pounds, whatever. Yeah. Fucking all rocked the fuck out. I got this fucking like, you know. Were like, you rocking the fedora? Mm, it was like a boot camp hat. Sort of is like a military cap. Oh yeah, you know, with I, remember, round... I remember that one. Yeah, and Th- this man wore wore a fedora, <laughs> unironically, for years. Yeah, and but like the only the, the fedoras were cool at the time. No, they weren't. Yes, they were. No, they weren't. Yes, they were. You know how many girls I got just because I wore the fedora, and, and like everybody's saying, fedoras are only for guys who have no idea how to talk to women. I put my penis in many women while wearing that fedora, bitch. Like, I'm not sure where this hate for the hate for the fedora. Hate for the fedora is the same as hate for the fucking Nickelback thing. It is the same thing. Look, there's an exception for every rule. But in 99% of the cases, fedoras are not cool. I mean, I have to disagree. I, I think it's a cool looking hat. Like I wouldn't wear it today. It doesn't fit anymore. It's out of style again. But it was, I, I like the way that it looks. I like the way that it looks the same way. I like the way, like, one of those old mics looks. Yeah. Like. Like the old-timey, like, almost uh, tin can mic. Yeah, I, I like the look of a fedora. I'm not going to I'm not gonna sit here and have you blaspheme. <laughs> 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 I like the way it looks. I'm not going to just hop on the bandwagon and say, yeah, fedoras are stupid. All, everybody wore a fedora is stupid. You know, it's not true. You know what's probably the dumbest thing, though? Hmm. They'll come back. Yeah, well, fucking mullets are back, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, that kind of annoys me. <laughs> yeah, isn't that fucking weird? 
Yeah. I thought about getting one. I bet you did. Yeah. Well, you know, business in the front, party in the back. Yeah. I, I can't get away with it. The back of my hair doesn't grow fast enough. I already, I sort of, like, the way I wear my hat, I just sort of get this out of the way and tuck this back. So it kind of looks like I have a mullet already when I'm wearing my hat because it's all coming out the back. Yeah. That's kind of, so that's kind of how I just did it because when I was working at the sawmill, you kind of need your hair out of the way, but I also didn't want to cut my hair. Yeah. So I just sort of pushed it all back and it all came out the back of my hat. And that's just how I worked. Yeah. Mullets are probably more for function than form. Well, it, it was kind of a dual purpose kind of thing, you know, because if you think about the demographic that was getting mullets when they were at their height of popularity, you know, you think of some guy in a Z28 T-top, like somewhere around a circa 1989. Yeah. He bought it on credit. <laughs> <laughs> and he was the coolest guy in the trailer park. Yeah. So that guy had a blue-collar job, probably a mechanic or working concrete or working at a sawmill, whatever. He needed his hair out of the way. He needed his hair out of the way, you know? <laughs> It just be that way. Yeah. Fucking. What were we on before we got on this? We were talking about music for the longest time there. Oh, yeah. The fucking the Selma thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was all rockered out. Yeah. 160 pounds. I got my fucking military cap on. Fucking. I had some blue jeans on that were like 38s. I was down to like a 30. <laughs> Yeah, so you had that belt ratcheted all the way down. It was, I just fucking forced it all to the front. It kind of it kind of worked out because it looked like I had a giant schlong. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, this is going to help a little bit. Fucking had a. It's the poor version of stuffing your, stuffing your shorts. <laughs> yeah, you just fucking make a big old cavity there. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, had a rocker t-shirt and fucking a little bit of bling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And. Uh, I was there with these folks that I had been gigging with around a little bit. They did country music, like, almost exclusively. Yeah, so you, you had a full backing band. But, th no, they weren't with me. Okay, like, we all entered individually because it was an individual-based con oh, okay. contest. I got you. And, yeah, I actually ended up inspiring a little bit of salt. Okay, so... Do you care to explain that one? So... It was me and my buddy Will and his sister Audra uh -huh. that all three of us and Audra's boyfriend, we would jam at like the creek and at parties and stuff. Yeah. You know, that we were basically walking, hangout entertainment. We played for beer. Yeah. You, you were doing the singer songwriter kind of busking type thing. Right. And it was working out. Yeah. You know, fucking we were hanging, but it was. You know, it was a little drained. Yeah, I mean, I we've talked about that relationship a little bit. Yeah, it was a little rough. But anywho, um, yeah, Audra and Will went on before me. Yeah. And, you know, got good results. And But I was going to, I was supposed to go on right after Will. And it was a karaoke contest. So you weren't singing your own songs. You were singing somebody else's songs. Yeah, it's a cover. 
and but I didn't have a CD with the backing. So my song, I was going to do TNT. I was going to do fucking ACDC, TNT. That's Bond a hell of a karaoke. Yeah, well, when you're me, it's not all that difficult. Yeah. But <laughs> fucking, that sounded really shitty. But anyway, fucking Bon Scott's voice is not all that hard for me. It's really. Yeah. Like well, that. I mean, with, sing, you know, certain singers can do certain other singers. You know, there's there's a key, like a musical key with your voice. Like if you can sing in the same register as them. I it's can usually not that bad. Anything Bon Scott did out of the fucking park, with the exception of some of the high notes in Highway to Hell. Yeah, he, dude, Bon Scott was something else, man. That dude could hit some high notes. He's an absolute champion. Yeah. But, so, I was supposed to go on after Will. During Will's performance, I feel like I fucked him up a little bit. I was tripping over fucking chairs in the back trying to get to the judges, and I was just going to give him my laptop and, like, here's the track. Just plug this in to the PA. Yeah. They couldn't... Like, they're doing a karaoke contest. They couldn't just pull it up. Mm-mm. Everybody had to provide their own music. Oh. And I showed up my laptop. The mouse was broken. The, the fucking... The little mouse pad? Yeah, the mouse pad ceased functioning uh-huh. from my house to there. Oh, that's shitty. But, well, I was talking to the guy. He was trying to get it set up for me, and he couldn't move it. The cursor. Where were you getting this track from? Was it on like YouTube or had you downloaded it? I had ripped it from YouTube. Okay. And, or I think I'd actually ripped it from a, like a torrent thing. Like this was, I didn't, I hadn't downloaded any music for quite some time. So I was still like Frostwire. LimeWire. No, Frostwire. Oh, I don't even know what that, see my last. LimeWire was, you know, what you would give your computer aids yeah, that that was my last foray into downloading music on the internet. Frostwire was what survived LimeWire. Uh, does it still work? I wouldn't try it. There's so many easier ways to get that. Oh. Like, I have a fucking... If I need an MP3 track, like for D&D games or something, yeah. I'll just find it on YouTube, click the share link, and go to one of the many, you know, YouTube video to audio file converters there are. I have one called Media Human on my computer right now. It's kicks ass. Okay. Instant. See, that that's how far out of the loop I am on that kind of thing. I had no idea that existed. Oh, yeah. I'll show you. But, uh, fucking, yeah. So, I'm looking at the guy, and I'm, I can't make my laptop respond to me. I'm like, yeah, I think I'm fucked. He's like, yeah. Well, tried, and I close the laptop and I walk away. And they call me up to the stage, and the dude is like, oh, Sorry, it looks like he had a uh, Justin Eads had a ter- uh, technical difficulty. He's not going to be able to make it. So next, Jockin <laughs> just moved right along, and several people that I came with were like, "What?" And Will's mom went and talked to him. And was like, "He can do it a cappella. He doesn't need <laughs> it. So he can do it a cappella." You done fucked up, AA Ron. And uh, you know, the lady who was organizing the event came up to him and was like, uh. Her over there, she said you could just do it a cappella. Like, we're okay with that if you're okay with that. If you just want to go on. I was like, fuck it. Yeah, let's do it. I'll do it a cappella. So you just went up there sans music. Sans music, microphone in hand, and sang fucking TNT in front of like 100 people. That that would either be the most epic or most awkward thing I think I would have ever witnessed. Probably the most epic moment of my life. That's pretty cool. I fucking, people were clapping for to give me rhythm. 
And, dude, I nailed it. I knocked that motherfucker out of the park. I sang the doors off of TNT. I killed it. <laughs> and it felt really, really good. Yeah. But, you know, I was fucking covered in confidence, you know, at that point. I had I had already established. I'd already gotten my validation. I knew I was good. Yeah. So it didn't, I didn't experience any jitters going up there. Like, it was just weird because I have jitters right now thinking about it, you know? Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> kind of weird how that happens. Yeah. But, like, at the time... I didn't because I was chasing a girl around who was out of my league. Oh, yeah. And so, like, that was the main source of my anxiety. On stage was nothing. Whatever. That's fine. Yeah. I will never see these people again. Yeah. Well, when you walk through fire, you know, the heat of the day doesn't really mean much to you. Is that a lyric? No, I just, I just literally ripped that off my dome piece. Right. Hang on. Goddamn, motherfucker. Come on. Hang on. Eh, God damn it. Eh. Eh. I should probably not record this. <laughs> <laughs> Say stuff. Stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. That's pretty cool, though. So how did you, did you end up winning or? All right, so. Um, hang on, let me finish writing this. <laughs> okay. The heat. Uh, the day doesn't. We're never gonna use this. Probably not. I'm gonna find this in. It'd this. be a really cool song lyric, though. I'm gonna be flipping through these books years from now. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Like it almost kind of sounds like an old Fallout Boy title track. You know what I mean? When you walk through fire. You know what? Now that you have done that terribly, <laughs> it kind of reminds me of um, what's the guy that did uh, Crash Into You? Dave Matthews. Yeah. Remember Dave Matthews? Yeah. It kind of sounds like something that guy would sing. You know, he gets a lot of hate. I like Dave Matthews. His band is kind of. Fucking legendary. Like hit, I like, didn't really care for his lyrics and a lot of things, but the the musicality of that band is something is serious. Real serious. There there are masterclass musicians, all of them. Yeah. And there was really, like it was a twenty piece band. Yeah. You can't refute their fucking prestige. Yeah. They were they were really good. They were epic. But so the fucking TNT thing. Everybody else goes on, does their thing. They call up we're all, all the contestants are standing on stage and he calls out like, uh, I think eight people were going to make it to the last round. Uh-huh. And so the first round, you only got to sing two minutes of a song and the last round you get to sing a whole song. Really? Yeah. So was it a different song though? Or did you? You sing a different song. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you need two songs prepared. Uh, one to get you to the second round and one to sing in the second round. Yeah. I was going to do TNT and fucking... Uh, Highway to Hell? No, I was going <laughs> to do uh, fucking Bon Jovi, Wanted. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, with my own guitar accompaniment. There you go. Yeah. And uh, so we're standing around. Just panties and bras thrown on stage. Yeah. And I kind of fucked Will up, I think. Like, Will was singing... Uh, here for a good time. 
I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. I ain't here for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. But so he did that song. And I guess it just didn't. Didn't resonate. But while he was singing, I was stepping over chairs in the back trying to take my laptop to the guy. Oh, and people's yeah. heads were turning around. So I think he, I think I pulled some of the attention off of him by accident. So Sorry, Will. <laughs> if you're listening to this. I'm real sorry. Yeah. But, well, shit happens. Anyway, it, when they were calling up the last people for the second round, or they, they were just listing off names, and my name was the last one that called. I was like, oh, shit! And they said, all right, well, everyone who, if your name wasn't called, please exit the stage. And Will stepped up and walked away. You know, that's my bro. You know, we were coworkers at the sawmill. We've been jamming and shit. Yeah. Walked right the fuck past me. Didn't even look at me. Uh-huh. Fucking angry face. He might have been a little mad. He was salty. He was a little salty there. Yeah. I don't think it was because of the chair thing. I think he was just mad. Yeah. So but, was there like a prize money for this thing? or? Yeah, there was prize money. How much was it? Uh, I don't remember. It was like two fifty five hundred a thousand. Okay. For a second, third prize. Not bad. Something like that. And so I made it to the second round. Super stoked about that. Yeah. And everybody else does their thing. There's lots of different people singing. And I get up there with my guitar and I play what little bit of wanted I can pull off. I can't do the intro. Uh, So you just went up there and winged it? I fucking winged it. What the fuck? So, like, I started the song. I just skipped the whole intro, and I was like, bum, 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 I got through, believe it or not, the way that I DM the seat of my pants shit that comes up, it's a lot of how my life goes. Just wing it sometimes. You didn't, like... Maybe want to practice it, get the whole song down or anything like that. Well, I couldn't think of a song that was better to follow TNT than that one in, that I had in my repertoire. Yeah. And I couldn't, I needed TNT to get me to the last round because I know how press, impressive it sounds. You know, it does sound impressive. But, you know, that's just because nobody sings in that register anymore. Yeah, not you know? really. Especially not in a predominantly you know, country music. Yeah, you go to a country atmosphere. Yeah, and you hear you hear a dude fucking literally wailing melodically into a mic. It's gonna get your attention a little bit. Yeah, you know, it, it's an impressive feat. I'll give you that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but toot 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 toot. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, I do a good boss cop. Yeah, but wanted just of the songs that I knew I could perform. It was the best follower. Yeah. And I knew I could sing the fuck out of it. You know, because it's not a hard song to sing. Like, it, TNT, way up here, wanted way down here. Yeah. Like, the, the coolest part of it is in the chorus, and that's just the backup vocals. I did the backup vocals myself. <laughs> that fucking bit. Yeah. Fucking, I scream that shit. Yeah. But, yeah, I completely skipped the intro. I just did the fucking, the verse and the chorus. I did a couple of choruses. I, I didn't get that song together until two weeks after the contest. Way to go. Yeah. But so, I, I fucking stumbled. Because I was just playing acoustic guitar. Right when it got time for the solo to kick in, I actually made a mistake. 
with my picking and I was just like that's the end of the song (laughs) (laughs) there's a recording of me somewhere on the internet and when I get to that point I just fucking like knock my knees together and like "Eh, all right, cool (laughs) do you remember when Ashley Simpson got caught lip syncing yeah and she just kind of shuffled off stage (laughs) as like the most awkward thing you could ever do yeah that's what I imagine (laughs) kind of happened there and as bad as I fumbled that a lot of people didn't notice fucking Uh, well, usually people don't notice when you fuck up that kind of thing. Yeah, if you close it smooth, they won't notice anything bad's happened. Yeah, as long as you don't, you know, jibbity jig off the table there. That dude I tried to take my laptop to to plug into the soundboard, he came up to him and he fucking he gave me dap. He dapped me the fuck up. Uh huh. And he was like, "Dude, that was fucking awesome. I sound like John Bon fucking Jovi out there, man." But and I was like, "Thanks, man." <laughs> he's this really cool dude. It really made me happy that he enjoyed. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was like. He he looks like every roadie you've ever seen, just less heroin. Yeah, I can get it. <laughs> so, okay, so I imagine you did not wind up in winning this. I got third place. That's not bad. Two fifty. I got two hundred fifty bucks for acapella TNT and half-assed half-assed Bon Jovi. Wanted. So who who beat you out? There was a guy who did a Randy Travis impression. He got second place. Oh, yeah. Well, Randy Travis is always going to... Boy, that Randy. <laughs> yeah. And there was a woman who just did soul music. Uh, you know, a heavyset black woman. Oh, yeah. Just fucking like, soul. Just are- Aretha the fuck out of it. It was an Aretha Franklin song she sang, too. And she killed it. She's yeah. fantastic. I like old, Are- old Aretha. Yeah. And after that... uh. Catfish Country was the name of the station. That was their... That was I, just, I remember that radio station. Yeah, they fucking... So, like, after that, like, two weeks after that, fucking roadie guy calls me. Like he, he got my number from me at the thing uh-huh. to call me for stuff. And he called me and told me they're doing a crawfish boil for Catfish Country, and they're featuring some local artist and one semi-famous artist, and they wanted me to open for him. Oh, that's like, cool. Fucking hey, how long is the gig? It's like you'll be up there for like forty-five minutes. Like fucking awesome! That's amazing. It's gonna be on the radio. Oh yes. I got sick. Oh no. <laughs> I got sick the day before and I couldn't sing. Damn, that sucks. Yeah, I I practiced and practiced and practiced and got my set down. It was just me and my guitar. I sprinkled in my fucking originals. I was fucking. I was so ready. And then I, I couldn't sing. Yeah. So I had to, it's like, well, I'm not going to go up there and make a fucking ass out of myself. Yeah. I'm not going to burn my fucking shit down the minute it begins. That's disappointing. Yeah. So, now that we've uh, established one of your disappointments after a fairly good high there, you want to hear my, uh, I can't believe I'm going to tell this on air. So, you want to hear my most, uh, how do I put this? Yes, I want to it, hear it. it. It would be my most disappointing musical experience. Let's go. All right. Did the fucking, did the talk box not accept your fart very well? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I have wanted a talk box ever since I heard Frampton kind of comes alive when I was like 14. You know, they're only like 160 bucks. Yeah. For a good wall, or for a good talk box. A talk box and a wall, same price. You know how cool it would be to have a bass solo with a talk box? Stupid cool. <laughs> Stupid fucking cool. <laughs> anyway. So, 
I had mentioned to my wife at one point in time that I played cello. I played it for like a month in mm-hmm. high school, my freshman year of high school. I I play. I started out my musical career play, musical career playing the double bass. You know the upright, and I was pretty good at that. And then you know after my freshman year, I decided that classical music's not what I want to do. I want to go be a rock star. Yep. And then yeah, I actually wound up meeting you not long after that. And we started. We started a band together. Name that band. Well, first it was stealing Halloween because is. we stole a pumpkin on Halloween night. And no, we didn't steal a pumpkin. Well, it it, it was already kind of dilapidated. We saw. So no, no, you, we changed the story to make it sound cooler. Oh no, you're right. We saw somebody else steal the pumpkin. We and saw somebody <laughs> else steal a pumpkin from my neighbors. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? That was that's hilarious. Yeah, you, you just actually un- put it in your brain that we stole a pumpkin. Yeah, you just unlocked like a core memory for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did the same thing. Yeah, but then after after stealing Halloween, it was Skyline Gray. Yeah, Skyline Gray was great because that was yeah. the color of uh, Jable's walls. Yep. So anyway. You know, I, I kind of quit playing classical music after that. And, um, but my freshman year, I picked up the cello for like two months because I was just kind of interested in it and fuck it, why not? So I told my wife this. So fast forward 10 years. No, actually, okay, that was in 2000. That would have been like 2007. Mm. It's now like 2019, 2018. So, 11 years, fast forward. Jesus. And my wife sings in the choir at church when they do, like, the Christmas cantata, which is like the, you know, they do a a little pageant-type thing. They get up on stage, and the choir sings, and they do the little reenactment of the, the baby Jesus in the manger and all that. Right. And so, my wife tells the choir director that I played cello for whatever fucking reason. And she's like, oh, we should have him on so we could, like, lead into us walking up on stage. Mm. So this woman goes out and rents me a cello from everything musical. Without saying anything to you? And she had talked to me, she had talked to Taylor, my wife, and it was basically, you ever heard the term voluntold? Yeah. I was basically voluntold to do this. Okay. So I'm like, okay, I have like a month and a half to so do did this. Did your wife know that you had only played it for a month? I had told her that, yes, but she thought that I, somehow she had kind of gotten it in her head that that was my sole instrument and was like basically a high school version of Yo-Yo Ma. When in all actuality, I was definitely not. Um, how long ago was this? Uh, what, what do you mean? Like when? When? How long ago did this occur? Twenty eighteen. And she thought cello no. was your. Oh, the woman. Yeah, twenty eighteen. The woman got it in her head that cello was your main instrument. Yeah. Okay, I was like, how did your wife think that? <laughs> well, because. I guess she had kind of told her. I don't know. I wasn't privy to any of these conversations until I was basically staring down the barrel of a cello. Oh, boy. You know. Um, And so I had this thing in my house. I'm like, well, shit, I guess I got to (laughs) practice. And, like, 
unlock another core memory and try and relearn how to read sheet music. Oh my god! And so I was supposed to play. I can't remember the song. They, they were Christmas carols. You know, it was like uh, "Away in a Manger" and that shouldn't have been too hard. In theory, no. I had not touched one of these in 11 years. Surely there's a tab format for cello. There's no tabs for cellos. I had had to start from the basics and learn how to reread. I had to relearn how to read sheet music. Not tablature, sheet music. (laughs) Had to teach myself where all the fingerings and stuff were. Because, you know, there's no frets on a cello. Yeah. It is fretless. Oh, boy. It's unfretted. You got to um, commit that shit to memory. Yeah, it's, it's muscle memory. Because you can't just, you have to look at the sheet music to know the notes that you're playing. You can't look over at your hand the whole time and try and figure out where you are. I would have just had to memorize the song. It, I tried to do a lot of that, but I don't, like I said, I only had a month and a half to basically entirely learn an instrument good enough to pass in front of a crowd of like 200 people. How many songs did you have to play? I had two or three that I could do because I was only supposed to play for like a couple minutes while they walked up on stage. But I'm not even to the bad part yet. Let's go. Okay, so I kind of get it figured out. Um... Well, I'll, I'll tell you this real quick before I get to the really bad part. So... When you play a cello, you play it with what's called a bow, mm-hmm. and it's basically horsehair and a piece and, and a stick, basically. And you stretch the horsehair on the stick so that you pull it across the strings and it makes a sound. Right. To do that, you use a thing called rosin, which mm-hmm. is like uh, pine pine tar, yeah. basically. And there's different kinds for different instruments. The one that I got from the store that came with the cello was actually for a violin which is much smaller strings. And so it doesn't work for a cello. You need something a lot softer and stickier, so it actually sticks to the hair, and so you could get enough friction between the bow and the string to make a noise. I didn't figure that out until basically the last day. (laughs) So it was a little screechy when I actually was able to play. So getting to the bad part. Okay, so the first show was not terrible. I got through it. The first show? Yeah, there was two shows for this. It was on a Sunday a Sunday evening, you know, because church. Um, and so I got through that one fairly all right. I didn't make too bad of a fool of myself. Um, I think I played Away in the Manger. The second show. I am late getting to the podium. So I'm supposed to be sitting there and I get a cue to start playing. I was late. Late showing up? I was late showing up. I was basically getting there like as I was supposed to be already on the stage and stuff. Oh boy. So I unpacked my shit. I run in there and I, in my haste, I tried, there's like a row of chairs and stuff. A couple rows of chairs set up. And so I just fucking jump over the chairs. You fall? No. That would have been less bad. Oh. 
Well, I don't know. You could probably argue one way or the other. I'm dying with anticipation. I'm I'm, going to tell you this, and then you tell me if it's worse if I would have just fallen. When I jumped over... You stepped on Jesus' face. No. (laughs) When I jump over the chairs, my pants rip. (laughs) Straight down the butt crack. (laughs) And this poor woman... Were you wearing underwear? Yes, thankfully. Were they were they tidy whities? No, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> they were bo- just regular boxers, you know. <laughs> but this this woman, and bless her soul, she was later. She came up to me and was so nice about it. She and okay, this sounds fucked up, but she was in a wheelchair, so she was the only one really sitting over there. You fucking mooned a woman in a wheelchair? Yep. I, I split my pants wide open. She saw everything. And I just kind of run up there, and I get the cue. I start playing, and I fuck up. Like, I had to restart, like, twice. And then I finally, I just, I fucked up so bad. I was just like, all right. They were already walking up, so I was like, all right, fuck this. I'm out. And... <laughs> I just stopped playing and got off stage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was, I was literally in hell. That was one of the lowest points I've ever had in my life. Jesus Christ. I just imagined. (laughs) You know, you want to know what else is kind of sad about this? What? I left. I left the whole church. I went and put the cello up. And I left the church, and I went home, and I changed clothes. <laughs> I put on normal clothes and stuff. Well, I your kinda... fucking pants were ripped. Yeah. Well, I mean, there, there's an excuse in that, but I, I left. I put normal clothes on. I go back and, because I had, like, my wife and I, we were in one car. I had to go get her. What kind of pants were you wearing? Uh, I was wearing uh, black slacks. Like, like dress? Like dress pants, yeah. Black, <laughs> black dress pants, white collared shirt and a black tie and then you were mooning people in god's house kevin in red underwear in god in god's house kevin indeed i was <laughs> i was fucking mortified <laughs> fucking, i'm mortified yeah i can't believe god what a good story <laughs> yeah and so after the the show and everything uh there was like a little little like hors d'oeuvre kind of dinner thing like not really dinner, but like just after show hors d'oeuvres, you know. Yeah. And I'm standing in line with my wife, and the woman comes up. She well, she rolls up, <laughs> and she just she touches my arm and is like, "You did very well." <laughs> and she was nice about it, you know. She oh my it, it God. made me feel a little bit better, but it also made me feel so much worse because you. Because, like, I, at that point, she's, like, she's admitting to me that I saw everything. Yeah. <laughs> you did very well, wink, wink. Yeah. Red britches. <laughs> yeah. My face was probably, I, I don't know. It, the color it, it, it was definitely as red as my underwear <laughs> were, at least. Fucking Jesus Christ, Kevin. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Oh. Oh boy, I don't know and, if I got anything to rival that. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's it's a it's a hard one to follow. Jesus, that is. Thank you. <laughs> I needed that story today. <laughs> you might think, 
when, whenever life's got you down, folks, just remember, remember? You're, not, you're not you're not Wolfman tripping over chairs at church, ripping his pants open, and mooning an old lady in a wheelchair. Yep. And then, and then sucking so bad at cello that you leave the church. <laughs> wow, just just rub salt in that wound, though, don't you? You know, I opened it up to you. No, bro, I, bro, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it, hundred percent. Okay, okay, I got a, uh, I got a similarly cringe story. It's not nearly as bad as all that. Uh, yeah. Okay, let's hear it. But boy. Okay, okay. Damn, that was a good story. <laughs> yeah. Hey, just life's got you down. Just remember Wolfman's red ass. <laughs> yep. Red ass in church. You were yep. the devil. He was coming through. He was. Fucking trying to escape he, out of your ass. He was out to get me that night. Fucking <laughs> Okay. So I was in this, I was in this band called Crimson Highway. Uh huh. Right. You've seen the videos on YouTube. And, yeah. And we were great, huh? But <laughs> Boy howdy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, it was me and Jeremy and a guy, Jeremy, knew named Chris, a girl named Elena, and Angrish playing drums. And uh, we had been jamming together for a couple of months, did a couple of gigs at fucking Dunk's Blue House. Yeah. And you know that you can only, only kind of call that a gig. Yeah, it's Dunk's is this place. It was literally a house. He called it Dunk's Blue House of Blues. Yeah, it was just a house he converted into a bar. It was literally a blue house, and he didn't even do that good of a job at converting it into a bar. Yeah. I mean, it was nice looking, but, like, everybody came in through the kitchen door. Yeah. And... It was still a kitchen. Yeah. But, like, the kitchen... It was a a good hang, though, you know, for that area. He had a pool table and a big TV to watch the game. Yeah. And a big dining room and an awesome fucking porch. It did have a good porch. That porch was fucking tits, bro. Yeah. But. I seen some tits on that porch. I seen some tits on that porch. It was a good porch. <laughs> but anywho. Any place you see tits is a good place. Yeah. Well, Chris had a daughter named Bailey who, uh, I don't know if she just had a habit of like crushing on singers that came to jam with Chris, but she crushed on me. She was like 13 years old. Oof. Like, fangirl. Yeah, that's kind of cringy. Like, well, I mean, it was sweet and and all. Yeah. And her mom was sort of like in support of it, which was odd. That, yeah. Yeah. That that was really weird. Kind of reminds me of like, you remember, well, I mean, you remember hearing about how Steven Tyler married a girl that was underage. Like her parents literally had to sign over papers for him to basically adopt her. Jesus. Before they got married. Wow. Yeah, you never heard that? No. I heard El- I heard that Elvis adopted his wife. I don't know if it happened to Elvis. I know it happened. He ha- adopted his wife at like thirteen. I know it happened with that is super weird. Yeah. It happened with Steven Tyler and then um there was a director back in the 60s and 70s. Uh, fuck, what was his name? I just had it in my head. Woody Allen. Hmm. Woody Allen married his stepdaughter. Ew. Yeah, it's kind of cringy. Real cringy. Yeah. She was at least an adult. Ew. He raised her. I think, like, 
he be- she became his stepdaughter like later in life, like late teenager kind of thing. I guess that's not so bad, but you've been you done fucked her mom. Yeah, you're keeping it in the family. <laughs> what happened to that girl where she was like, Mama, I want your dick. <laughs> and you know, Woody Allen was already, like this was in the late 70s when this happened. Woody Allen was like in his 40s or 50s at this point. Jesus. And she was like 20-something. It was a different time. It definitely. <laughs> but like, okay, so... The embarrassing part. Uh, Bailey, and not to fucking hate on her or anything. She was a kid, you know? Yeah, you know, 13, you don't really know what's going on with your brain and your body and everything. She, uh, it was her birthday was coming up, and they had rented out, you know that bank across from Pickering's Grocery? Um, yeah, vaguely. And so, like, if you walk out of the store at Pickering's, and you look straight across the street, there is a old bank sitting on the corner there. Yeah. And they rented that place out for her birthday party. Wow. Weird, right? Yeah, kind of. I guess they just wanted to invite people and they didn't want people to come to their trailer. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's like it's not a bank anymore. It's just a space. It looks like a bank, though. I mean, yeah. I, I've i been to weirder. Like, you know, I had the drive-thru and everything still. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it, it could have been worse. Do you, it do it you was remember, a really nice location. Do you remember the core? I do remember the core. I went to a kid's birthday there. They rented the whole core out on a Saturday night. That's awesome. I seen, you know, JP shared a picture of the core the other day. Yeah, I saw that. And I messaged, I, I commented, hey, it's that place where I used to smoke cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, because that was what constituted as being cool. Yeah. <laughs> you had as to smoke. As- you couldn't just smoke cigarettes. You had to do it in the right place. With arm socks and trip pants. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and a fedora. <laughs> and a fedora. <laughs> With Nickelback in the headphones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. But do you remember a band that used to play there all the time called Before I Say Goodbye? No. I actually never went there with, for like a band. I just went there that one time. It was Shannon's brother's band. Remember Shannon Hagen? Yeah. Yeah, it was her brother's band, and they were actually really good. Uh. They actually were pretty good. I had a song called Waltz for Venus. I still remember it. Like, that is, it's crazy the things that you forget that you remember. <laughs> yeah. But. Well, your your mind's like a steel trap. Just sometimes it gets rusty. Right. But, yeah, anyway, Bailey uh, wanted us to play at her birthday party. Uh-huh. And she sent me a message, a text message, asking me to perform at her birthday. Uh-huh. And include, wanted me to sing this song. To her. What song was it? It was probably probably the cringiest fucking teenage love drama in song form. You've was ever it heard. like the theme song to Twilight or something? Like what no, the fuck? It's way worse, Kevin. It's like a seven minute song. I, oh my god! A dude is like, it's really really like. Sad country sounding like melody, but it's super pop. The kid's like absolutely a Yankee Doodle Dandy. You know what I mean? What song was it? I can't remember. It like it was so cringy. Who sang it? it this guy. Did, did. I don't. I didn't know the name of the dude. I've never heard it again. I've never heard that song again. I've never heard that song except for this. But 
this little girl and all of her little friends, they all knew this song and it made them cry. They wanted me to sing it. Oh, Jesus. And it's a song about a dude singing. I think he got into a car wreck with his girlfriend. And like, it, it's just fucking woe is me. Woe is you. This is terrible. Is it Red Ragtop? No. Fucking. I will. Because she sent it to me. She sent me the request on Facebook. So I can tell you. Let's see here. It's going to be in here. Holy shit. So when was this? 2014 is when this conversation. Okay, let me see here. He would come to me with inappropriate questions. Like what? Like, I just scrolled through a whole conversation about cutting. Like, she was slit, slitting your, oh my God. And she came to me. Why you? That's a good ass question. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to fucking talk her through it and be like, yo, it's bad. You shouldn't do that, okay? Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Drugs are bad, okay? I'm not going to pour this poor girl's whole fucking. Yeah, especially considering she was a minor. Yeah. I mean, Let's see, was... 2014. That was, that was eight years ago. So she's definitely. Not a minor anymore, but still. Yeah. Uh. Oh yeah. Hi Bailey. If you're listening to this, I doubt it. Uh. Fucking. Where's the name of this? I mean, if you don't say it, it's not that important, but. I want to know the I, name of the song I, now. I, I am curious. Not R- ramble incoherently for a minute. Uh, I don't like rambling incoherently. I sound retarded. <laughs> not that that's any different from any other day, but. Okay, so let, let me. Oh, man. This is like the sweetest message ever. I have to, I have to read this. Okay. So I Crimson Highway was on my nerves. I was ready to quit the band. Uh-huh. And she found out from her parents that I was going to quit. And she sent me this message. Hey, exclamation, sideways smiley face. I heard you want to leave the band. Exclamation mark, question mark. Dude, please just know. Oh, this is kind of, I can't, I can't say this. This is like. Self-float. Yeah. But yeah, it was really sweet. You can't, you just can't. I'm the most upset. You just can't. I like Crimson Highway better than Blood on the Dance Floor. You can ask Mom and Dad. I listen to them all the time. Please, just if you want, if, please, just if you don't want to stay, at least really think about it. You can't just leave. (laughs) There isn't a better singer than you. So there's two things I'm thinking about right now. Either one, her dad knew that you, <laughs> that she had like a crush on you or something, and he and he, he was trying to use her to get you to stay. Well, it didn't work. I sent her a really long, like all oh, that sweet, but you know, yeah, it's different. It's bigger than than just this. 
Yeah. Maybe she came to me personally because I'm not finding any of it. Jesus, how many? Oh no, there it is. Forever and always by Parachute. Yeah, I don't. I've never heard of that. It's the gayest song you've never heard. I'll turn it on for you after that. Yeah, let's not do it right now. Yeah, I think, because we I think YouTube strike. has a thing about doing that. Yeah, copyright strike. Yeah. That's why we have the intro that we have, because it's non... Non-copyright. Yeah. Right, I'm, I'm going to tag them. I didn't tag them in the first episode, but I want to tag them in the second one. Because, like, you know... Yeah, it's good to give artists their due. Yeah, I, did, I didn't mean to not tag them in the first episode. I was yeah. just trying to get through the upload. Yeah. yeah. Whoever made that song, just know that we appreciate you. We really appreciate you. It's it, it's a cool sounding song. That's why we used it. Yeah. It makes our podcast sound like a tool commercial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So since, since we're on music and stuff, what, what was a band that kind of you feel shaped you? into your musical interests and, and career and stuff like that. There are several. Well, give, give us the cliff notes. Breaking Benjamin, for sure. Really? Yeah. I did not like Bank Breaking Benjamin, really. I had their entire discography on loop. Really? Them and... So, like, I had... For some reason, for a period of two years, I had three discographies from three different bands on loop. Uh, one of them is Breaking Benjamin. Can you guess the other two? Uh, there's one of them I know you'll never get. Uh, one is definitely going to be, um, what you call it, Nickelback. Nope. Really? Okay. Okay, let's 20 questions this. Okay, 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 I'm in. Okay. Hmm. You've already got one. You said Nickelback. Yeah. So you got 19 questions left. Okay. Um, were they... And we're just going to do it for the one that I think you can get. The other one is so out of left field. Okay. Is it a semi-popular band or a popular band at least? Yes. Okay. Were they active around between the years of 2005 and 2010? Yes. Were they like a post-grunge slash modern rock band? That's a wide genre, but yes. Because many genres fall into that category. I mean, yeah, kind of. Um, I'm trying to think about the songs that you wrote and stuff. This was after Skyline Grey. Oh, okay. Or it was like right toward the end where I built this and I listened to it all the way up until I moved back to Alabama. Yeah. Where they oh, yeah, we're based in like the Columbus, Georgia area, by the way. Yeah. Like we never even established that. Not really. Were they active before 1999? I don't think so. I think their first album was 2003. If they were active, they were infant. 2003. Was it a day to remember? No. Oh. Was it a band like a day to remember? 
I wouldn't say so. I mean, you could put them in the same playlist. Was it Bullet for My Valentine? No. Oh. Also would fit in that playlist. You might not actually get this. I might not. Uh, did I say th- this doesn't count as a question? Did I say three days grace? You have not said three days grace. Was it three days grace? No. Um, is it a band that I would know? Yeah. I'll say how you couldn't. Have they made anything recently? Yeah. I mean, I'm not familiar with it, but yes. And one of their members has been, like, very active. Very active. Is this member that's very active a former member? No. No. Okay, shit. I thought I almost had it there. thought it was for, for first to last, didn't you? I thought it was Escape the Fate. Oh. Okay. Side story. I played a show with uh, Max. Uh, fuck. What's his name? What's his last name? Max Green, the bass player, the original bass player for Escape the Fate. No shit. He played a show in town with uh, the group that he was playing, and then my band opened up for him. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it was probably one of our best fucking shows ever. That's epic. Like I was dialed the fuck in. Okay. Um, I'm running out of questions. You got eight left. Come on, come on. Would would you categorize it more towards fun, like punk or metal? I'd have to say punk. More punk. Okay. I'd, sometimes that line gets real blurry. It's not Green Day. Uh, shit. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm thinking. We're doing a podcast here. I know it, I know it, I'm thinking. Oh, I gotta move my mic. <laughs> okay. More punk than metal. Yeah. Between 2003 and 2010. Mm-hmm. Or re- recently, actually. Seven questions left. Hmm. Mm-hmm. This is hard. I I might have to give up on this. Yeah, you're not asking anything. You're just mm-hmm. Yeah. Ask questions. Come on. How many members are in the band? Five. So this doesn't count as a question. Bass, guitar, second guitar, drums, vocals. Correct. All separate members. Correct. Okay. So that was a question. Got five more. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know, man. I give up. Come on, just try a little more. 
Look, we come all the way to the finish line. It's like the fucking what happened at D and D. We get all the way there. You can see it, and then you fucking was it puddle of mud? No. Could you put it in the same playlist? Couple of thrice. Nope. Damn. That was a good guess. How many I got left now? What two? Three. Three. It's a much more popular band. Much more popular. Yeah. Like wildly popular compared to Puddle of Mud. But still in that same wheelhouse. Ah, Jesus. There's a whole genre you're ignoring. This band kind of defined that genre. Defined that genre, huh? They kind of gave birth to it. Would you tell me what that genre is? Emo. Oh. No more questions. And it's, this doesn't count. And it's not um, a day to remember? Not a day to remember. Day to remember did not found emo. No, but they were very influential. Yeah, but they came along way after. Yeah, but like, emo started in the 80s. Double O's emo. Not goth. Okay. So we're talking like yellow card and fucking red jumpsuit apparatus? Nope. One last guess. You can do better than that. Come on. My Chemical Romance. Boom! Boom. <laughs> Holy <got> fuck. <laughs> last, <laughs> last question. Last, last possible chance to get it. You got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> I had, so in that mix, I had Breaking Benjamin, My Chemical Romance, and 12 Stone. Yeah, I would have never guessed that. Never would have guessed 12 Stone. I've never even heard of that. Uh, they, So their lead singer, the way I found them, is because I was listening, you know, I was a big Evanescence fan. Yeah. And I was listening to Bring Me to Life, and I was like, I wonder what the fuck is up with that singer. I've never heard that singer anywhere else. Paul McCoy is his name, and he's the lead singer of 12 Stones. Okay. So I found 12 Stones, and they had some some shit. Like, mostly they suck. <laughs> but they had some pretty good songs, and I memorized their complete discography, the whole thing. That's pretty cool. I don't know why I picked 12 Stones. I just, I think the plan was to just have a mix. I know I wanted to hear Breaking Benjamin and My Chemical Romance, and I just wanted to throw in a new band, and every once in a while I'd renew it. Yeah. I just never renewed it. It was just Breaking Benjamin, My Chemical Romance, and 12 Stones. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, for two years that was my soundtrack. Yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of similar to how mine was. You want to take a guess at my three? Sure. Okay. Okay, give me the first one. Okay, the first one Just is, to set this up. is definitely a gimme. Okay. Was Red Hot Chili Peppers. All right. I was huge into Red Hot Chili Peppers. I had, when you had you said you had those guys' entire discography, I had the Red Hot Chili Peppers' entire discography. I had everything from fucking uh, Funky Monks the Stadium Arcadium, which at the time was their latest album. 
And by the way, blood sugar, sex magic. I guess this is tie. Blood sugar, sex magic, and Californications were their best albums. I agree. So now I'm going to play 20 questions with you. Okay. Guessing, or could I possibly conceive the other two? Yes. All right, so latch on to one. Well, one, maybe. Latch on to one, and I'm going to ask questions about it. Okay. And if I get them both during this, because I'm just going to fire off some names real quick. Okay. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Uh, no. Rush. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. That's not the one I was thinking of, but now that you said that, I, I had a lot of Rush. Okay. <laughs> but it's not the one I was thinking of in all honesty. We'll call that a percentage win. <laughs> yeah. All right. That that would have been the fourth one that I had all of them. Just give me back my question. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking uh Okay. So I said Earthward and Fire, I said Rush. Now I'm stumped all of a sudden. Uh Wolfman. Does it fit in, like, is it a playlist that anybody could enjoy? Is it specifically just you? Like, would this next band fit in a Red Hot Chili Peppers playlist, traditionally? To a certain individual, not even just me, to a certain individual it would. Who's that certain individual? Somebody like me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you can tick that box. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, okay. Nineties. Uh, yes. Grunge. I would not consider it grunge. No. Jazz. No. Blues. No. Rock. Yes. Pre-grunge or post-grunge. Um, well, they kind of happened a little bit before grunge, but we're still around after grunge. Would you consider it hair metal? No. Okay. Pearl Jam? Nope. Oh. Although I do love me some Pearl Jam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Temple Pilots? Nope. Do love me some Stone Temple Pilots too. Love me some Stone Temple Pilots. <laughs> you 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 got ten questions left. That's okay. Uh, fuck. Come on, man. You're hemming and hawing a whole lot. <laughs> I know. Hey, I'm taking way less time than you. Yeah. What the fuck ever. We get to fucking review this, so watch out, Mister Chris Rock is donkey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, we gotta tell that story after this. We do. Okay, okay, so um I spy with my little eye in their nineties, came before grunge, hung around afterwards. They're a rock band. They can't be misconstrued with jazz. Punk? Punk undertones. Punk undertones. Very, very punk attitude, I would say. But not punk, punk as a genre. So that's good. That rules out Green Day. <laughs> yeah. 
I uh, liked Green Day, but I didn't have their whole discography. After Dookie and uh, American Idiot, they kind of lost me. Yeah, that Twenty One Guns, I didn't. I, I didn't. didn't I didn't like it. My brother loved it. It was basically he, he thought Twenty One Guns was the best. It was basically the the Toby Keith of punk music. Yeah, but like honestly, I feel the same way about them that I do My Chemical Romance. Like they get a lot of hate just because they had those two big like mind blowing albums. They had American Idiot and My and Welcome to the Black Parade. Yeah, like oh, they were just talking shit because they were tired of hearing the songs. But like. And they're saying they changed this stuff. What changed is they got good at writing music. Yeah. They they became better musicians, and you're mad at them. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Dude, Mike Durnt was one of the most... Durnt. 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 D-I-R-N-T is how you spell his last name. He was one of the most... Uh, how do I say this? Like He he just had a style about him that was signi- like signaturely him. <laughs> Yeah, like he came up with some very inventive bass lines, like that Longview. Uh, I can't remember the whole name of it, but it was Longview and then parentheses something else. That was an awesome bass line. Anyway, he he was really cool. He was. I liked him. Fucking. Okay. Not punk. Cool. Nope. I didn't get. I actually didn't get into Tool until later in life. I still roll to the pot. If I, I ever roll a joint, I put on the pot. Yeah, I I I love me some Tool now. Ooh, are you doing your finger? <laughs> yeah. Fucking goofy sounding vocals. It, but, but it fucking worked, it man. It slaps, bro. It was awesome. <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, God damn it! Soundgarden. Nope. Audio slave. Oh, fuck. Can't be Linkin Park. Nope. I thought it wasn't a question. I said it can't be. Walker? It's not hair metal. Nope. And it's before grunge, but stuck around till after. Yep. Jesus, but fucking Christ. This rock. Is it, are there Southern undertones? No. Rock with punk undertones. Fuck me, dude. Hang on. <laughs> I want to get one. I'm surprised you can't get this, honestly. I'm also surprised, question mark. It's a Wolfman band. And it's rock kind of punk. Smashing Pumpkins? Nope. I didn't really like Smashing Pumpkins. I liked a couple of songs. I, I got to listen to them more often because Terry Rush, it was his favorite band. Mm. He was also a good band. Yeah. Fucking shit. <clears throat> Are they known for their bass lines? Kinda, but not all. Where'd you get this machine? Yep. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Hooray! I studied Tim Comerford. <laughs> like, that dude was my fuck was one of my fucking idols. I bet you about three questions, bitch. Yep, you got me. 
You want to know what the other one was? Yeah. Metallica. Oh, well, I never would have got that. Yeah. You don't strike me as a Metallica fella. So, I have a love-hate relationship with Metallica. Nowadays, when I was younger, I was so into fucking Cliff Burton. Yeah. Cliff Burton is the reason that I picked up a bass guitar. Because we were on, when I was in the orchestra in eighth grade, we had a a trip to some shitty amusement park in South Georgia. I can't remember the name of it now. And on the way back, my friend uh, Alex Plata, Plata, however you say his name. Alex, if you're listening, I'm sorry I'm butchering your name. But you're you're the reason I picked up a bass guitar because he showed me anesthesia pulling teeth, the 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 bass solo, where you, you turn it on and it's like track one, and then he goes into this crazy wah distortion filled fucking bass solo that lasts for like two or three minutes, and then Lars the drummer comes in with this driving beat, and then the guitars come in and they kind of finish off with this really cool fucking. Just jam. There's no words. It was the very first track on um, Master of... I think it was Master of Puppets or Ride the Lightning. I can't remember. But that era with Master of Puppets, Ride the Lightning, and then he wrote a lot of stuff for the Black Album. But he unfortunately passed away before they got to record the rest of it. So uh, Jason Newstead picked up. And... Jason Newstead gets a lot of hate. Yeah, he does. He was actually a really good bass player, but the rest of the guys, like Lars and um, what you call it, uh, the lead singer, James Hetfield, they turned him down so low in the mix. Have you ever seen um, And Justin for Jason? It's a video on YouTube where they took... And Justin for Jason? And Justice for Jason. They, They took the album And Justice for All which was the first album he was really on that um like he he was the one that wrote the parts uh, or he was tried the to bassist. write he was the bassist for that and they turned him so low in the mix that and you Justice cannot was probably one of it was the one of the first metallica songs i latched onto yeah i love that song yeah, I, I felt later in life when I got to understanding like what actually happened. I think I I remember watching um, some kind of monster the uh, the documentary when they were making the album some kind of mo- or no they were making the album Saint Anger when Rob Trujillo came in. Who Rob Trujillo is such a fucking underrated bass player that he is wasted on Metallica, absolutely fucking wasted because. If you ever listen to like suicidal tendency tendencies and um what was the other one he was in? Infectious Grooves. There's another Trujillo playing with a band. Yeah, it's his son. Where's, who's he with? Uh he's with Corn. Yes, so, he so would play. Yes. Rob Trujillo's fifteen year old son is filling in for Feldy with Corn. You know how fucking cool that is? It's crazy cool. If I was that kid Dude, that'd be fucking awesome. I said the same thing when Wolfgang Van Halen got the tour. Yeah. Dad and them. But he's also a Van Halen. Yeah, I mean, the kid just oozes musical genius. Yeah. His new stuff with uh, Mammoth WVH or whatever it is, mm-hmm. really good stuff. Yeah, it's really good. It's a little... 
it's a, it's a little like for one it, like he and his dad had to have an amazing because so like when my granny passed I tried I have tried more than a hundred times to write a song and I can't do it. it like once I say a couple once I get a couple of meaningful words in I'm a blubbering mess I can't do it yeah I can't do it I don't understand how he says that to his dad in that song and doesn't just lose it like the sorrow I feel <laughs> when yeah. I try is just impossible I don't know how he does that it blows my mind like it's a superpower like they had to have had an amazing relationship an amazing amount of closure oh yeah and maybe it's because I feel guilt I guess I, I don't know yeah but I mean when you think about Eddie you know he's had cancer for years upon years they've and, known it was coming yeah you know, and basically, he's been dying since like <laughs> 2003. Yeah. It, like, not to be an asshole about it, but that's kind of the, the truth of the matter. Hang on, we were on something. Metallica. Yeah. You, you were telling a story and we sidetracked. Oh, no, I mean, I was done with it. I was just saying that, you know, my friend Alex showed me anesthesia pulling teeth. Because, like, you know, I was I played the upright bass, and he was like, hey, have you ever heard this? And I thought it was a fucking guitar. And it was it was Cliff Burton. He's playing this modded-up Rickenbacker that he, he did all this shit himself, and he, he fucking wrote that solo himself. He did all that shit. And I was just fucking enamored. And so I consumed everything I could that had anything to do with Cliff Burton. Cliff Burton was... Hey. Did you see the documentary... When they were interviewing Trujillo? Yeah, that's some kind of monster. Oh. Yeah, that that's when they were making the Saint Anger album. Oh, dude. I hate I I tried to like it and it's just the most annoying song. Have you did you ever listen to the rest of the album? I'm positive that you know, I've I've put their entire disc on Saint Anger. Yeah. Uh, I know I have heard the rest of it, and it did not annoy me. Is anger? I hated Saint Anger. I I, I mean, didn't realize how much I hated it until I tried to listen to it like four months ago. God, it was awful. <laughs> I I haven't listened to it this decade, but I mean I used to like it. Although I have to say, I fucking hate Lars Ulrich. Yeah, his drumming is so mediocre compared to everybody else. Because even Kirk Hammett, like, he catches a lot of shit for how he always has a wah on. Well, I mean, it's his thing. Yeah, I mean, everybody's got their thing. But, like, like if you listen to, like, the old, especially, like, Ride the Lightning and fucking Master of Puppets, the Black Album, he had really good solos in those. You know, very intricate, detailed, clean, you know, dirty because of the distortion, but clean fingering, you know, he, he got the notes and everything. They were all really good. So what do you, let me ask and, you a question real quick. Yeah, okay. What do you think Metallica, like, look at their body of work and leave everything the same except replace Kirk Hammett with Dave Mustaine? Okay, this is a controversial topic. I know it's very devi divisive. Yeah. I don't like Megadeth. 
myself, honestly. I know that one song that's good. There's this one song called Dawn Patrol mm-hmm. that Dave Mustaine doesn't do anything on. Mm-hmm. I love that song. <laughs> 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 what, what's, the, what's the main song of theirs? Um, Peace Sells. Who's buying? Yeah, Peace Sells, Who's Buying. Is that it? That's the one? That's the one they're really super known for. Um, there was a couple others that aren't really coming to name. I feel like to mind there was another me. big one. Like Peace Cell sounds like. I want to say Creeping Death, but that's not. That's not. Mega Death greatest hits. <laughs> He's looking it up on his phone. You're looking it up on your phone. No, I'm not. You are. <laughs> Train of Consequences. Never heard it. Sweating Bullets. Sweating. I've heard that one. She-Wolf. Never heard it. Trust. I think I've heard that one. Mechanics. Never heard it. Angry Again. Nope. Dread in the Fugitive Mind. Nope. Getting my teeth. Symphony of Destruction. Symphony of Destruction. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Hangar 18. I've heard that one. Yeah. That one was, uh, you remember Guitar Hero? Yeah. Dude. Guitar Hero 2, that that song was on Guitar Hero 2, and I remember playing it in fucking Cliffs of Dover, and uh, actually, you know what's funny? So getting back to my, my other band, the one that you were doing 20 Questions for, mm-hmm. I heard the first time I ever heard Killing in the Name of was on Guitar Hero, and so I heard that song, I was like, oh my god, that is fucking, like, that song fucks. Yeah, that song. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been the first time I heard them too. And yeah, I, I immediately jumped into every single thing they ever did. And actually, now that I say this, is kind of funny because you said Audio Slave. Oh, yeah. Which is um, what Chris Cornell and- backed by everybody but Zach Della Rocha. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah. Yeah. I would have swore that they were late night. What's that? Fucking Rage Against the Machine? Yeah. No. They started in like 87, 88. Oh, that's why they're so like. That's why they're so like. They're. Like, it sounds like they would probably fit. Like, you could probably sneak them into an NWA fucking. Playlist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, well, because, you know, they, they kind of reinvented themselves with uh, Be Real and um, shit, the guy from Run DMC. I can't, I think it was, I can't remember the guy's name, but Be Real's from um, Cypress Hill. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's basically the same thing as like with Audio Slave. It was Rage Against the Machine, Sans, Zach Della Rocha, and then they had Be Real and the guy from Run DMC. And they they were called the Prophets of Rage. Damn. They were fucking great. They were they came out in like 2017 or something like that. They had some really good songs. Didn't um Rage Against the Machine they they went back on tour, and they and they people Did, were yelling at them cuz they were charging Big. Yeah, just recently they did that. It was kind of a thing because their their whole thing is like super left leaning, liberal, you know, 
basically, basically communists. You know, they were idolizing. Uh, there was I can't remember the guy's name, but the dude that's on their album cover. Um, it wasn't Evil Empire. It was um, one of them. It, it, it's not Castro, but a guy like Castro, like a Cuban. Yeah, he was some kind of South American dictator. I can't remember the guy's name. It's not really that important. But they they basically support communist views, at least Zach Delarocha and uh, Tom Morello do. And they're doing that, but then they're charging like $1,000 a ticket. Capitalist. At the end of the day, yeah. That's, they're capitalists saying they're communists. Yeah. But, like, dude... Communism doesn't work. No. It's been proven time and time again. And socialism doesn't work. Not really. It never has. It, it Every time it's ever been tried, it has failed. Yeah. Well, yes and no, because if you think about it, the military is technically socialism. I guess so. I mean, it, base, it is. Like, I've had people from, you know, that were in the military tell me, it's like, yeah, it's socialism, you know. Everybody does everything you all get paid the same it doesn't matter if you're amazing or a complete shitbird you're gonna get paid the same as long as you don't step out of line you know you're gonna basically walk through your enlistment and then you're gonna get out and then you're gonna go about your life yeah but the go about your life part is where we escape from traditional socialism yeah because yeah i mean it's not true socialism in that aspect but when you, you actually get to do what you want at some point. Yeah, but it, when you're in, and it you know, is, while you're in, you know, you can make moves to get out. You know, I mean, yeah, but with unless you have some extenuating circumstances, you sign that contract, you're fucking there. Right, but you signed the contract. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yes, there there are things that make it not socialism, but when you're once you're in, it's socialism. Yeah, you signed a contract for four years. For four years, you're a part of that construct. Exactly. But, like... That's my point. Just don't sign one for 30 fucking years, you know? Well, I mean, nobody signs one for 30 years. You you re-enlist, and that's what keeps you going. Yeah, but, you know... So, how often, typically, do they have to re-enlist? Um, I think it varies for per branch. Like uh, Army. Uh, yeah, so that's the one I have the most experience with because, you know, fucking Fort Benning's right here. Right. You know, every, basically every third girl in my high school graduating class has been married to an Army guy and probably divorced at this point. Right. Um, But I digress. <laughs> I think the the Army is like a four-year contract. Four-year, 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 four-year. Yeah, I think there's some, like, once you get past your first initial four-year, you can do, like, an additional two or an additional three or something like that. Uh, I'm not entirely sure, but it's... You start out at a four-year, I'm pretty sure. So, but now after each of those four-year stints, you can be like, all right, well, I'm done with this. Yeah, you don't have to re-enlist. You can just get out. Yeah, just go back to capitalism. Yeah, but once you've done, you know, two-year, two four-year stints... You're kind of making a career out of it at this point. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because like, okay, take my my cousin. If I, if I worked anywhere for eight years, I'd be hesitant to leave. I mean, I'm pretty close to eight years now at the place I'm at, and yeah, I'm I'm I don't plan on leaving anytime soon, honestly. But 
good news for you guys, Kevin's employers. <laughs> you get a Wolfman for the rest of your life. <laughs> I, I get paid far too good to do so as little as I do. Kevin, calm down. <laughs> you're going to talk yourself out of a job. Or out of high pay. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully that doesn't happen. I don't... Like I, I told some people at work about the the podcast, but they're not high up enough to do anything about me getting fired or anything like that. So there's that. Well, now they can carry a phone up to somebody and be like, "Listen to him." <laughs> well, I mean, it's like any kind of corporate job. Everybody just looks mostly busy. I get. I. I yeah. That's the name of the game. Yeah. It's a corporate jobs are like that. You you couldn't walk through any kind of corporate job and throw a stone and not hit somebody fucking off at some point in the day. Uh, it, that's a lot how where I work. Yeah. It, I've already told you this. Yeah. It, it's mostly, you got to do what you got to do as long as your job is done. Yeah. Fucking, if you're tired, because like, being your own boss is awesome. And that's essentially what we are. We manage ourselves fucking and if it's a day when i don't fucking feel like doing anything i can make that known especially if i've been busting my ass and i can just sort of hang low and let the people who give me stuff to do see i'm not feeling so great they'll cut me some fucking slack they'll give me some windshield time yeah i can just listen to podcasts <laughs> <laughs> much like the i'm not going to work tomorrow podcast yeah much like this one don't forget to subscribe <laughs> yeah like and subscribe and hit the notification bell yeah shameless plug there yeah <laughs> so how long has this thing been going for we're at two hours and 49 minutes oh wow yeah you want to just go you want to go till three and just call it i didn't realize we were that far past two at 49 and yeah, might as well we'll go for another little bit yeah, in just 10 minutes. Yeah. We'll call it. Yeah. Fucking, well, now it feels weird and built up. We should probably just end it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking. Yeah, now that you know, it's like, uh, I think it's like Chechov's gun. Yeah. You ever heard that? Uh-uh. It's, uh, it's a thing in like theater and movies and stuff. Like they're oh, the you, one once you mention the gun, the gun is real. Yep. If there's a gun on screen, as soon as you acknowledge it, it has to it has to be fired. Uh huh. Yeah, I think that's an an interesting, interesting yep. notion. Yeah, we both just look at the gun. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Well, this has been an exciting encounter. We talked about a lot of stuff. Yeah. What would you name this episode? Twenty questions. Well, uh. All right, wait. I thought you were asking me a question. I was, and then I answered it. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. Well, okay, so when I when I sent you the name for the last one, you know, the Phantom Podcaster. Yeah. I kind of had a Star Wars. Actually, now that I think about it, we named it, we gave it a Star Wars name, the first podcast. Mm-hmm. Never mentioned Star Wars. <laughs> Never did. Well, I thought, honestly, I thought you were just referencing... The fact that your mic was cutting in now. Oh, yeah. By the way, sorry about that. Yeah. I hope it was better this time. I got a new mic. Yeah. And we, we put we put real dollars into this. Yeah. Kevin's not hard-earned dollars. <laughs> 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 yeah. Right into this. I had to work for a whole two hours to afford this mic. 
He means he had to sit on the pot for a whole two hours before this mic. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Fucking. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're So we, we named it, a, we gave it a Star Wars-esque name, never even mentioned Star Wars. But right, so we're going to name this one something that has nothing to do with what we talked yeah, about. Yeah, so when I gave it that name, I was kind of going to continue with that. It would be like the return. Fuck, what was this name? What was the second Star Wars movie in the prequels? Return of the Jedi. Return of the Voice. Return of the Voice? I don't know. It's oh, yeah, because your, your, your mic is working again. Yeah. Right. I don't know. It's just a working theory. We'll figure it out before we post this. Return of the Voice. Fucking. Or it could be 20 questions. Who knows? Might come up with Return something. of the 20 questions voice. That's. No. Return of the 20 voices. That, that just makes it seem like we're schizophrenic. Anyway, this has been the... Uh... We're schizophrenic. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the I'm not going to work tomorrow podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm not going to work tomorrow. I'm definitely not going to work tomorrow.